welcome, welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. Gamescom happened this week, and with it, we got a bunch of news. And so we thought it would be a great time to do one of those old-fashioned news episodes. Woo. And talk about all the stuff that happened at Gamescom, as well as some other news that we've been simmering on for quite some time. On top of that, I, Josh, got to some media this week, and the boys got in some games. Uh, so we'll talk about all of that and more. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined, as almost always, by my two co-hosts, Dylan Games Conference Martin and Austin Nintendo Indie Stevens. <laughs> How's it going today, fellas? I feel like making it... So we've made calling the PlayStation 5 simply the 5. We've made that canon here at Hunting Pixels. I feel Have like we? Nintendo Indies... Yes. I feel like Nintendo Indies needs to be shortened down to Nintendies. Well, that's that, that's what it's what it is. It's that's what they the, call it, right? It's like nin- Nindies or something. Yeah, the Nindies. Oh, is it actually? Yeah, yeah. that's what they Nindies? call it uh, in the Nintendo uh, Indie Directs. Wait, yeah. Nindies? Nindies. Yeah. It's terrible. Not Nintendies. Nope. Nindies. All right. Well, mine's better, so we're gonna go with that. It is one. better. But that that's that's part of the joke, though. They shorten Games Conference to GamesCon or Gamescom, whatever, and then Nintendo's to Nindies. So I made it like the full thing. Mm. Oh, I see what that's you did there. Great, that's, thank that's you. The joke. That's, I see that. Uh, the terrible. But yes, the five is canon. I don't. <laughs> I don't Josh, know I think you're the only one that doesn't refer to it as that. Yep. Nope. It's still just the PS5. You know, because I'm a normal fucking human being. <laughs> no, you're not, because you like to be around other people. Uh. I, I don't think you know me very well. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I almost exclusively do not like being around people. You I'm like social activities, sure. and that's creepy. I'm pretty uh, sure the last time I was at your house with a group of people, you were just sitting on your porch while everybody else was in the living room. Hey, so, I respect I the hell out of that. Yep, that's, that's amazing. It's like, hey, guys, I'm having a party. Come over. Where's Josh? Not at the party. <laughs> yep. That, that pretty much sums me up. Honestly, I love it. He's like, wait, now these aren't my friends, so I'm good. <laughs> That's pretty fucking great. They're all Kalos because I also do that. Dude, I so all of my friends live so far away, or all my 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 buddies from mm-hmm. the old times live so far away that um, I don't know where I was going with this. Talking <laughs> about your buddies living so far away. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they live so far away that basically the only people that I hang out with who I would, I I guess you could consider being called friends are Kayla's friends. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I feel that. If you would have kept that same sentence, but then instead have said Austin, I would have lost it. (laughs) (laughs) The only people I hang out with who could even be considered friends are Austin. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess that is kind of true to be oh shit. Straight on. <laughs> Austin is about. I mean, because I we've never hung out outside of work, have we, Dylan? Uh, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> where did you two meet? Uh, at a bar. 
Yeah. Act- what? Yeah. Yeah. We went out for, um, <laughs> it's really sad, actually, because. Uh, uh, Whose birthday was it? Was it? it? it was mine. Oh. <laughs> it was mine. <laughs> it was my birthday last year, and, like, I had made, like, this elaborate plan for, like, me and all my friends to, like, go get super fucked up at Taco Mac and then just go wherever drunk and high us felt like going. And then literally everybody backed out at the last fucking minute. Literally everybody except for David. David was like the only one that didn't fucking back out. And I like I I, I obviously you know I got fucking upset about it because I was like fuck dude like that's kind of fucked up. And then Madison texted her work friends and then yeah that's how I met all of uh, the girls at the salon. And then we went. To, oh, was Josh uh, one of the girls at the salon? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. So essentially. Madison invited Kayla. Kayla invited Josh. Josh got to know Austin. Yes. Yep. And the hilarity of this is it comes full circle because of the shit that you asked me at the beginning. You guys met at a bar. Yeah. I mean, technically. That's that's great. (laughs) I mean, it shows that if you go out and spend time in the world, you'll make friends. I think, I think that I was met, a nice full circle. I think I met you first, Josh, at the uh, the Christmas the fucking Christmas party. The year oh before. yeah, you're right. But I talked to you for like a total of five seconds. Yeah, because I was very much. I don't know any of these people. I do not. Okay, talk to them. so how quickly did we transition from we've met at a bar to let's do a podcast? Um, we both got super drunk at my house, and Josh gave <laughs> out the idea, and drunk me was like, "Yeah, that sounds like a good idea." And okay. here we are. Yeah, that explains a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a couple of months, I think, at most. Yeah. Because when, when is your birthday? It's in, in October, right? Oh, never mind. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm. Fr- I think I'm thinking about my friend Sean. His birthday like, is in October. Oh, no, no, it's not. Um, yeah, and then you you had the idea uh, the night that I had the fucking housewarming party when we moved in. And that so, and that was like two months after that. So yeah, that's about two months. Right. I love it. I got the history of your friendship. Mine and Josh's was really basic. Yep, we met yep. at work. We worked and... at the same place. Yep. I've still never even met you. I know that's because I hate being around people. <laughs> I love hearing your voice in my head. I do not want to physically see you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like guys that are addicted to phone sex. They just want to hear it. They don't actually. Want I. To it might be for me. I've not tried it, but just because you said that, I might give Sabrina a call one day. Hey, Sabrina, can you tell me about how you jerked me off? She said, yeah. hush, deal, and I'm at work. He's like, no, I don't care. Yeah, right there in the middle of the aisle. Just break it down for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a bad oh, start man. to this fucking podcast. So, as soon as Josh was going through the intro, I was thinking to myself, man, I wonder how long before this pod, this episode just dives into a rabbit hole. Dude, we, we, we got pretty one. far. I mean, we uh, we did what? We needed like, the whole intro. Yeah, the whole, the entire intro. Fucking That's crazy. That's for us, dude. Yeah. Give ourselves a pat on the back. Pat on the back for us. <laughs> uh, so, Austin, Sorry. I watched Neon Genesis Evangelion 1.11 You Are Not Alone and... Mm. Uh, I have some thoughts about this. Do you? Yeah. Um, so for those who are not aware, uh, Evangelion 1.11, You're Not Alone, is a um, 
the first in a series of films that uh, are, are colloquially known as the rebuild films. And what they do is they take the the basic premise and story of uh, Evangelion and then retell it, basically. And um, fuck up. And so this is the first one, uh, obviously. And it roughly tells the first six episodes of the anime. And so that that's where I will start. So since it's mostly the original, I went in and I was kind of like watching it and thinking to myself, what the fuck is going on? Because I've seen all of this before. Mm. And while I was watching it, I noticed like one of the things that I noticed immediately was that the animation was definitely better, uh, or at least more, um, uh, yeah, more polished. That's probably a even better way of putting it. And so that was, that was the first thing, but then there were like little things here and there that kind of like, I was like, I don't remember this happening this way. And, and it was, had been a while since I had watched the original. Like, I think it, I think I hadn't watched the original series since like I was in probably middle school or high school. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, fuck it. It had been a really long time, you know, maybe close to 20 years, but I definitely felt like there were things that I was like, this does not seem right. I feel like I'm either missing something or some something is off. And so when I finished it, I actually went back and I, I checked to see if I was right. And they had, um, so there, there were little things that really kind of in the grand scheme of things don't make that big of a difference. Like, um, like I think, uh, Misato had her, uh, her rank elevated from what it was Mm. in the show. Um, and then there were, there were other things though, that were a little bit more like, uh, central to like making the themes, uh, I think bigger, like mm-hmm. for instance, um, the, the angel known as Lilith, uh, you actually get to see her in this movie, which doesn't take place until almost the end of the series i think like i think it's like episode yeah it's towards the it's towards like the last eight or so episodes yeah yeah so like lilith for for the first time that was a little weird for me and so um i was like huh i don't i don't know about this but it actually it in terms of the storytelling actually works better i think knowing that that lilith is already there and that that's why the angels are trying to like get into um fuck uh nerve uh Mm. and and shit like that like a lot of that stuff actually worked for me um but uh, i kind of feel like some of it was superfluous and that it actually didn't really do much of anything like in terms of and some of it was like visual it wasn't necessarily story-wise like Mm. for instance i don't know why um, like they changed the 
uh, like some of the Ava's colors. Like the, uh, I think it's the zero zero model is like mm-hmm. orange up top, but w- like white down bottom in this one. Yeah. Whereas before it was like all orange. Like that's something that like I kind of don't understand why they changed that. It just doesn't make. Yeah, sense. they they changed the colors on the on they changed the color schemes on both of the Avas uh, in the first movie, <clears throat> just to kind of. Honestly, from my understanding, it's mostly for like a for like the collectible toy perspective and that I kind of fucking hate that. But the main reason why from what I was able to gather, the main reason why the colors were really changed was to break up the monotony of uh, of the colors on the original models. Just to add some more whites and some other textures and shit like that. And it's it's 100 percent mostly for the toys and the model kits and shit like that. Okay. Well, I mean, fair enough then, I guess. Um, it still was something that annoyed me, but, you know, it's it's yeah, not that no, big of a... kind of obnoxious. I guess in the grand scheme of things, not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, uh, so outside of the small details, the animation is great here. It's, like, a lot better than the original series. Um, and, I'm like, I'm not trying to be harsh on the original series, but, like, there's a lot more going on here. Mm. Um, I do think that some of the cgi stuff doesn't work for me and, and that's a personal thing like i i know a lot of people who will like swear by like uh 3d animation and i it's just something that has never like ever worked for me i think very few animes ever pull off cgi that well like very very fucking few ever have cgi sequences that i'm like oh that actually looks good yeah so, uh, so th- yeah, that doesn't work, but like there, w- there were things that I noticed that like there's new lighting techniques that they use that really add to like the depth of the scenes and shit. Like, uh, I, it was near the end of the movie. I don't remember what the actual scene was, but there was a, there was a scene where, um, fucking they were, it was basically all blacked out, but like there were like little bits of like purple lighting on all of the characters, uh, like I think it was where they were getting the Ava set up to take the shot and everything. Oh, um, yeah. And it, it, I was like, dude, this is fucking beautiful, man. Like, this really fucking sets everything off and just it, it worked. And mm-hmm. um, I think overall, I think that everything works. Like, I like the film, but like, I. I've said this before and I'll, I'll probably say it again. And I'm sure that this is going to piss some people off, but I really do not like when, uh, movies do shit where they are like, it it doesn't tell its own self-contained story. And I know that that is like, like a little bit of a, a a stupid complaint when you consider that this is a series of movies. I, I get it. I fucking get it. But at the same time, I feel like movies need to like in order to fully enjoy a story from beginning to end, it has to have a beginning and an end. And this yeah. one doesn't. And mm-hmm. that was like something that I was like, uh, all right, I guess, you know, whatever. But the animation is still really good. It totally helps to like, showcase what made the original beautiful like the art style is still the same and it's just gorgeous to look at um 
I don't know. Uh, like Shinji is way more whiny than I remember him being. And some of the fan service <laughs> elements are off putting, but yeah, I don't know. It's worth a watch. I mean, especially, especially if you were a fan of the original series, I think mm. that it is totally worth a watch. Um, I'm continuing down this journey. Uh, I started 2.22 and, uh, boy. Yeah. Boy. That, <laughs> uh, the second movie, I think it's like the second, I think it's like towards the back half of the film is where the story takes a dramatically different turn and shit really kind of hits the fan and it kind of sets the tone for, for the next two films. But Shinji, like, I got a kick out of it the other day when you were texting me, uh, texting us in the group chat about about how how whiny Shinji is and how he's like just a super unlikable character. And the first thing I thought of, I was like, I mean, I don't really think a dude that jacked off to a girl while she was in a coma is necessarily supposed <laughs> to be a likable character. Yeah, kind of no. meant to hate him. You're but, totally a hundred percent right. Uh, he does get better. He the rebuilds, dude. The rebuilds do a good job at at kind of handling uh, his character a, a tad bit better than the original does, in my opinion. Okay, but they're worth a watch for sure. For show, sure. um, do uh, what do you guys want to? Uh, or who who wants to go next? I have nothing. <sighs> so, <laughs> <laughs> when you say you have nothing. You did nothing this week at all, or like you watched nothing. Like you uh, had to do something, right? Besides work and play I mean, games. Honestly, I, the uh, legitimately the only thing I've been fucking watching is uh, again because of the goth doctor. Madison wanted to watch the uh, Persona Five animation, so we've been watching that. But and how was it? It's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> No, I mean, it, it's the same story as Persona 5, and it's great. It's just the uh, – you can really see where the budget went, and it was not the animation. Yeah, the it's animation on those on those adaptations is very limited. I started four watching the – great. The, oh, really? I have no issues with the animation in 4, like, at, at all. Not anywhere near as bad as I do 5. Interesting. 5, <clears> especially when they do the um, – when they do the all-out attacks, I don't know why they chose the art style that they chose for that, but it is an eyesore. It looks horrible. Like, I cringe every time they do one. It's awful. Well, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> I, th I thought maybe because it was Persona-related, it was it was good, but no. I mean, I still enjoy it for what it is, but animation could be better. Okay. <laughs> By a lot. At least you're honest. Josh, you just want to rip into another one real quick? You yeah. got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, I do have some stuff to talk about. Um, some stuff. All right, so I'll save the best one for last. I, I saw Reminiscence. Um, so this is the movie with Hugh Jackman uh, that takes place in the uh, future, um, and it's built all around the idea of people revisiting their past uh, memories. So uh, this is from Lisa Joy, who was the co... I, th I think she was... At the very least, she was the showrunner. Um, but I'm fairly positive that she helped co-create and uh, uh, was a, a lead writer on um, Westworld. 
And uh, so Westworld is the brainchild of, like I said, her and Jonathan Nolan. And I bring that up because this movie feels like a knockoff Christopher Nolan movie. And I do not mean that in a good way. Um, so I'll start first with the writing because the writing leaves a little bit to be desired, to be honest with you. Um, I think that some of the stuff that they're going for works and works fairly well. Uh, like they have a lot to say about living in the past and, uh, you know, letting that dictate your future and, and stuff like that. Um, so I think it has some stuff to say. I'm just not sure that it says it very well. Um, like the end of the movie has this, um, how do I want to put it? It it has this part where the main characters, like best friend, Hugh Jackman's best friend in the movie who is played by, um, uh, Thandie Newton, uh, from Westworld fame, uh, among other things. But, um, anyway, so she, kind of keeps looking towards the future. And like, so she's got her eyes on the prize, so to speak. And, um, all of the, it basically is like a, I don't want to say a tug of war, but there's like a tug of war between her and, uh, Hugh Jackman's character, right? Where Hugh Jackman is hung up on this girl and he's, uh, like trying to figure out like what happened to her. Um, and because, um, because he's trying to figure out what happened to her, he's kind of like neglecting everything that could be, or like that is going on right now. And Sandy Newton is kind of like doing the exact opposite. And the very end of the movie has this little bit where like, I, I don't want to give anything away, but it it kind of goes into this bit where it's like, and neither one of them were wrong sort of thing. And I'm like, okay, so what's the stance that you're trying to make? Like, what are you trying to say about living in the past? Are you trying to say that it's good? Are you trying to say that it's bad? Like what, what is the point of your movie? And it doesn't want to take a side, which I think is kind of fucking stupid. Why would you not have something to say? Like, it feels like it wants to have something to say, but it never follows through on that. And I'm like, so then what again is the point? Like, why did you make this movie? Um, and there are other things in there. Like it has some like stuff about like, you know, the rich versus the poor and classism and stuff like that, which is, is not bad. Like, I don't want to like get that twisted. It's not bad. It just fucking doesn't go anywhere. Like it, it legitimately has no purpose in the movie whatsoever. And I'm like, so why did you put it in? Like, what are you trying to say? And that kind of shit bothers me in the writing. Um, but it's competently directed. Uh, I think that Lisa Joy uh, did a, a 
fairly good job directing. Uh, it's not horrible by any means. Um, it's just, you know, very worksmanlike, it, it, almost like a point and shoot sort of thing. It like doesn't have a whole lot to like add with the themes of the story. Um, the acting is pretty good all the way around. Uh, Thandie Newton, I think is probably the best thing about this movie. Hugh Jackman is great too, but like, uh, I mean, he's Hugh Jackman. You kind of know what you're getting. Um, I do tend to think that, uh, what's her name? Uh, the sort of femme fatale in this, um, Rebecca, I think is her first name. I don't remember I, I, yeah, I don't remember what her full name is, but um, she's gorgeous and she's really, really fucking good in Dr. Sleep. Um, but she kind of doesn't have much to do here. I don't feel like, um, which is unfortunate because I do think she's a good actress. Um, and so there is this one part at the ending. I really do not like the ending to this movie, like at all. Like I, I feel like it completely fucks everything that came before it up. Um, but there's a part where it kind of flashes back and there was this, it, it flashes back to a part earlier in the movie. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, it would have been good if it, just expand like if it just flashed back, but it does this thing where it, it, um, uh, kind of expands on that flashback, but in a really on the nose way that I kind of fucking hated, like just, boy, you didn't have to do this. You did not fucking have to do this. You just kind of any sort of ambiguity or, or like let the, let the um the viewer decide sort of thing you just put it out there and it's fucking dumb and you shouldn't have done it uh anyway i feel like i've dragged this movie and it's not bad it's pretty okay like it's i i'd say probably like score wise probably somewhere in the like six to seven range. Um, I don't know. I, I wanted it to be better because the trailer looked so cool and it wasn't. And that's totally okay. So I can't add anything. Like, obviously I have nothing to say to that, but I, I just want to, cause you, br- you brought up something just then and you brought up Hugh Jackman. Um, I just had to check something real quick. He's 52 years old. Why does he look 25? Right? The dude doesn't uh, age. It's fucking crazy. He is fucking fine as hell, dude. He is not. <laughs> he looks better than he did when he f- did the first X-Men movie. Yeah, I think I agree with you. He's aged like a fine wine. Oh. Oh, like, I would chug the bottle of wine that he is. <laughs> oh. Oh, my. Yes. That's he fair. is tasty. He is a good looking man. We objectify men here and women, guys. It's fine. We objectify everybody. We're equal opportunity objectifiers. We do not discriminate. Speaking of discrimination, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
so I, I I'm I'm with you, Austin. I've I've done next to nothing this week. Um, played a few games. I have watched a couple episodes of something, but it's not worth talking about. Um, oh, okay. Kitchen, it's Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> dude, kitchen fun. Nightmares is nightmares. fun, dude. It's so fun. it is fu- it is fun, and I love it. Um, and I love to cook, so it makes me never want to go to a restaurant because because <laughs> of that shit. Like you never know what's behind the curtains, but um, honestly. No, it's just, it's like our guilty pleasure show. It's not even a guilty pleasure, really. It's a good show. Dude, just get um, like, blasted out of your mind and just watch a marathon of Kitchen Nightmares. It's so fun. A marathon is one episode for me. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan's like, if uh, I get through one whole episode, that's, yeah, that's something. That's 40 minutes, man. That's a lot of my time. Good God. That is, that is almost 50% of my free time. <laughs> Uh, um, No, but what I have done this week is kind of recommitted myself to having more of a social presence, especially because at the end of this podcast, we promote every single social media handle that we all have. And I feel like I lag pretty hard on mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sucks because I want to stream. I don't have time. I want to make YouTube videos that might be happening sooner rather than later. I will figure that out. Um, but what I can do is I can at least post like hot takes or snippets of what I'm doing, what I'm playing, what I'm thinking about a game. Um, and that prime, actually I've never been a person to use Twitter and I have made more of an effort to do that recently. It is very hard because I forget that it exists. Um, but Instagram, I'm good at Instagram. I can take a screenshot on the PlayStation, upload it there, give a hot take about it. I did ghost of Tsushima today. I did horizon zero dawn the other day. Um, Mm. so that's, that's that's my commitment for right now. I can at least have that kind of social presence and <laughs> commit to something. Well, you know what, Dylan? That's better than nothing, right? Barely, but yes, it is great. better than nothing. I'm doing something. You're doing great. And that is better than nothing. You're, you're doing great, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Along. Thanks, Uncle. <laughs> oh. Oh, my. Uh, or other dad, if you want to go that route, I don't care. Yeah, it's 2021. We can have two dads now. We can. Specifically, it's about if you two were okay with that. Uh, I am not. I don't like anything about what you just said. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I don't care. <laughs> have you listened to the podcast that Josh, not Josh, that's not the right person, Austin and I recorded for the Pokemon? Yeah. Like, have you? Okay. Yeah, Is that, I, I, I we talk, texted you guys yeah. the other day. I was like, content because you guys were like making fun of me for not not cutting shit out oh yeah oh (laughs) is that the episode where we talk about your nice ass uh no i don't think so what the fuck (laughs) when did we do that (laughs) i don't (laughs) think i think we did the conversation that didn't get recorded (laughs) oh we didn't Is that the part that we didn't record? I sincerely feel like that was in the episode. No, it wasn't. They didn't make it in. We we hadn't started recording yet when we were talking about that. Well, (laughs) so what got me thinking about this just now is like imagining you two as a couple. And I'm like, Josh, you'd definitely be the power top. Like you're going to just destroy Austin. But at the same time, you have one of the finest asses I have ever seen. And we were talking about that the other day. And I'm like, that'd be a nice time, dude. I could bounce a quarter off your ass. Um, I'm howling right now. Jesus Christ. I am oh. so not offended, but also horrified. No, don't be horrified. Take it because I'm serious. That's something you could plant your teeth into. 
And if Kayla doesn't, say, like, just give me a call. Okay. Will do. Uh, what is going on? Fucking Kayla uh, shared a meme the other day that was like uh, tops versus bottoms. And it was like the top with like this great, like, fucking, like, juicy ass. And then the bottom was like this dude who had like zero ass whatsoever. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd definitely be a top. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're the, you're the <laughs> sultry top, buddy. Like you walked out on your next to last day of work and you had your nice gym shorts on and I was checking you out. I'm not even going to lie. I was like, God damn. Dude, I'm telling you, my mom blessed me with an ass. <laughs> it's like You can't big. be horrified at Dylan when you're the one walking around with a dump truck. I, yeah, you got to fight it. I, I like it. <laughs> I gotta be better about my, you know, my dump truckness. Right. I can okay. only you imagine, like, if you did squats, holy shit, Bruh, I, I'd be like a wrecking ball. Fucking Kayla was, uh, I was like, uh, saying something about how I wanted to get back in the gym and blah blah blah. And Kayla was like, "Yeah, but I don't want you to lose your ass or whatever." I was like, "I don't fucking skip leg day. I'll do squats." Nah. Yeah, you're gonna just gotta amplify that booty. See, and that just tells me she likes your ass too. So she goddamn better bite that shit. She better. She better <laughs> she do it better. tonight. Uh, who's the go. serial had killer that got week. caught that way? By biting asses? Yeah, there was a serial killer. He got caught because he bit some chick's ass, and they were able to uh, match his dental records with the imprints he left on her butt cheek. Oh shit! I know exactly what fucking, you're talking uh, about. Uh, fuck. Was, Zac Efron just did a movie about him. Bundy? Yes. Yes, it was Bundy, right? Uh, it was a fucking fuck. Fine, it was. Somebody. I'm like ninety percent sure it was Bundy. I'm gonna <laughs> look that shit up. I thought he got caught because. Mm, okay, no. Nope. Yeah, no. I, I'm pretty sure that Bundy got caught uh, because he was doing some shit. Um, like uh, he got caught on like a traffic ticket or some shit in Florida. He, yeah, but he that, had some shit the, in his car the, that he shouldn't have had. The teeth marks in the butt cheeks were what were able to. Uh, that's like, what helped him, him like, to the crimes link or whatever. To other crimes. God damn. Because that was a I thing mean, that he would do. He would fucking leave teeth marks and shit on the bodies. That's fucking. When I say, look, this is look, this is treading thin water. But when I say I respect it, I just mean I respect the ass bite. Oh my god! All right, listen. I watched Candyman. I'm actually very curious about this because if you tell me it sucks, I'm going to be really sad. Okay. I've heard a lot of people say it sucks. <laughs> okay. Well, those people are fucking wrong. <clears throat> Woo! All right. So the first thing that I want to start out with, uh, because it's probably the thing that I have the least to say, is the acting. I think that the acting is really good all the way around. Um, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, uh, who I talked about when I talked about the um, trial of the Chicago 7. And he's he's also been in, in uh, several other things, um, notably Black Mirror he was in an episode of. Uh, but he's fantastic. He's the lead in this. Um, he is very good. The whole cast is, is very good. Um, I don't think that there are many people that I could like count out and be like, yeah, they, they didn't give it their all. Um, oh, holy shit. He played black Manta and all. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. He was uh black man. Sweet. Um, so yeah. So, so there's that. Um, oh, I didn't even kind of, I mean, honestly, at this point, you should probably know what the fuck Candyman is. If I, if I'm talking about it, it's, uh, a reboot, uh, of the 92 
93 horror movie um, of the same name. I don't want to give anything away, so I'll go ahead and I'll just say spoilers right here. I'm not going to go into it too much. Like, I don't want to give anything away because I do want people to go see it. But this movie isn't exactly just a reboot slash remake. It is also a sequel to the original and kind of forgets that those first two movies or those second two movies exist, uh, two and three, um, for good because those second two movies kind of fucking suck. Um, but so I really want to get into this conversation with the meat and potatoes of the fact that I think that this movie is expertly crafted from a narrative standpoint, both writing and directorial wise, because I think the, the directing completely and utterly enhances everything that the writing is trying to say and do. Um, and so I'll talk about that in just a second. So the writing, everything about this is pretty much excellent from every angle. The only thing, and, and I'll get into it, uh, probably to end the discussion kind of, uh, is I think that it doesn't quite pull off a satisfying, uh, conclusion in the third act. Like there, there is a kind of disconnect for me once it hits like the, it's an hour and a half movie. Once it hits probably about the hour and 10 mark, it kind of starts to lose steam and, and just really ultimately is kind of, uh, something that I was kind of like, uh, I don't know about this. Um, but to be fair, a lot of movies, specifically horror movies don't really know how to stick the landing and that's okay. Uh, I forgive them for that because it is incredibly hard. I think to write a conclusive ending to a horror movie. Um, so, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, the writing in this tackles so many different themes and elements that I was kind of, I, I was kind of floored by it, to be honest with you. Like I didn't expect it to tackle as many different things as it does or to tackle them as well as it does. And so, some of the things it definitely, the, the writing starts to fall apart on like, uh, well, maybe not fall apart. Maybe that's the wrong way to phrase what I'm trying to say. But like <clears throat> what I mean to say is that they don't necessarily conclude all the way. Uh, like, for instance, the art being commodified and sold as like a uh, I don't want to say like an export, but like instead of art being art, it's it's no it's like more of a um a thing to be sold and, uh, coveted by, you know, uh, fucking rich white people. It has some stuff to say about that. And for the most part, 
that stuff works, but it kind of just goes away at a certain point. And that was, I I don't want to say frustrating because I don't think that that was like the main things that the movie wanted to hit on, uh, which, you know, fair play to them, you know, whatever. But, um, another thing that it was trying to say is it tries to talk, talk, tackle the points of gentrification and not just from like a, like, uh, like a property, uh, statement, like not just from a, uh, you know, white people moving into a neighborhood, that sort of thing. Like, it's not just trying to tackle that. It's trying to also talk about, um, like the gentrification of art, like, and in this way, I think it's actually a really nice critique on the original Candyman because the original Candyman is uh, about black lives in the slums of Chicago. And it was written and directed by white men. And one of the points that the movie really hits on really hard is art being a reflection of life. And it's kind of one of those things where like, how can this art be reflecting life when it's coming from someone who's never lived these experiences? And I really fucking dug that it tackled that sort of thing. Like it movies, especially in modern cinema, I feel like don't tackle that sort of thing. And if they do try to, they don't particularly do it all that well, but this movie did. And I was really like I said, I was surprised by it because I was expecting, I, I don't want to say a low rent, like knockoff of a slasher movie or anything like that, because I wasn't really expecting that Jordan Peele has his name attached to this. I expected it to have some sort of like high concept thing, you know, attached to it or like some thematic hierarchy. But the gentrification angle with art was something that I definitely never expected. And I really kind of loved that it, it went where it went with that. Uh, it also very much touches on police brutality and, uh, how that affects the black community. And this is another one that I think it wanted to say something, but it didn't necessarily do it to the best of its ability. Um, because the movie begins with it and it ends with it, but the middle part, it kind of just forgoes all of it. Um, which again, isn't necessarily a, a bad thing. It just was something that I, I expected to be hit harder on. But the one thing that I took away and I think, I personally think that this is the the biggest theme that the movie has going for it is art being a reflection of real life. And I just really, really dug this point. And it kind of goes through um, like a lot of the plot well, okay, so I can get into the directing now. And th- this is why I think that the movie is about that, kind of. Uh, so there are a lot of things in this movie that the directing really adds a lot to. And one of them is the use of mirrors. And a lot of the movie has sequences where someone will look in a mirror 
and they will see themselves or potentially see other things happening in the mirror that aren't happening in the quote unquote real world. And, um, it reflects, you know, who that person is or, or what, what have you. And with the whole kind of like wraparound narrative being that of like an artist who is, uh, I, again, I don't want to get into, to, spoilers too much but the the whole thing is that it's this artist who is using black lie or like the story of black lives and something that he never really experienced uh to make a living in art like he's profiting off the lives of uh of stories that he never lived and and shit like that um, really the, the themes get reflected back at him and he ends up being the thing that, uh, that he never actually got to experience. Does it like, does that make sense? I'm, I'm trying mm-hmm. to, yeah, no, it does. Okay. And so, so it's not even just like the mirror shit, like the, the whole movie opens up with this just absolutely stunning upside down uh like shot of the Chicago city skyline and it's just like a look up at the um this you know like i said this beautiful skyline and it kind of gives you like the like this is from the point of view of like the dregs of society sort of thing and uh i mean it's God, dude, it's just, again, stunning to look at it. Beautifully shot. I don't know what else I could say about it, to be honest with you. Um, but everything about the, the way that the camera moves is super fluid and dynamic. And it really adds a lot to what the writing is trying to say about, you know, life and art and, and how all of that comes together. Oh, excuse me. Um, the only other thing I wanted to touch on uh, before, I, I mean, I guess I give my final thoughts is the music in this is fucking superb. I was in the theater kind of blown away when the movie started. Cause I was like, holy shit. The like, I assume that this is like kind of like the theme song or whatever. This is good. Like what the fuck? Um, but yeah, so the film is, it's great. I mean, it's, it's genuinely just fucking great. Uh, it has so much to say about so many different things and almost all of them work. Um, some of them drop away and kind of don't get resolved or, you know, they, they drop away in the middle and end up with a resolution. And I wish that it was tackled like a little bit more throughout, but, for for the most part, everything lands really well. Um, I do have a hang up with the ending. I, I think that the conclusion of this has a bit like it. It gets a little bit too cute with with what it's trying to say, I think, and kind of misses the point. Uh, 
and ultimately kind of feels like ne- I don't want to say neglectful because that's not really the right word, but it, it feels like it could have used a second pass. I'll, I'll just put it that way. Um, I loved it. And this is going to be a hot take for a lot of people, but this was produced by Jordan Peele, um, who, if you are unaware, was the writer and director behind Get Out and Us. And I think that this is better than both of his movies. Um, I think that this movie needs to be seen and uh, that it is more than worth your time. So... Yeah. So I know I heard that you said you saw it in theater. Is this one of those that you can stream anywhere or no? Uh, Not to my knowledge. Oh, that fucking sucks, man. I'm trying like theaters. I'm cool with. I'll totally go out and watch a movie and shit. It's just fucking COVID right now is not not a good place. Yeah, I got I got the vaccination so I could go see movies again. (laughs) I am very much vaccinated. Why? Uh, he, as he says, as he fucking coughs and dies in the background. Like uh, shit. That's just because my my fucking throat's really dry. I'm not the five G's acting up in the system. Yeah, I, <laughs> dude my my five G since I got my shot's been fucking weird, man. It's not acting correctly. <laughs> well, regardless, I want to see this movie. It's just theaters kind of sketch me out right now. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, totally fair. Um, yeah, Candyman. Oh yeah. All right, I'll never so, see it, but I enjoyed hearing you talk about it. No, you should. You go, say you will never see it. You yeah, probably not. This movie. I might. We'll no, see. you won't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I might get bored enough one night <clears throat> you'll see a movie. Yeah, fair enough. Probably not, because people. But yeah. who knows? All right. Well, um, so this past week saw several big events, uh, namely Gamescom. But, I mean, mm. a lot of shit happened, right? Uh, you know, well, like I said, the f- first was the entirety of Gamescom, one of the biggest gaming trade shows in the world. And on top of that was that Pokemon event that uh, you boys have already covered in a special episode that is going up very soon. We did. We did. Um, yeah. And so alongside that, we had QuakeCon. And then there was just a whole bunch of news stories to get to that. I in particular, and I think we in particular wanted to cover. And so today, that is what we're going to do for you, dear listeners. Uh, We're going to reach back into the annals of this show's past and cover gaming news. So strap in because this is going to be a real wild ride. Oh boy. Um, All right. So real quick because I actually forgot to put these in the notes. Uh, we actually had some, uh, some write-ins. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't put it in the outline itself, but, uh, I've got them up here now. So we'll talk about Gamescom first, (coughs) suppose. Uh, I have this one labeled as number one because I assumed that this is what you guys were most excited about, but we can go in any order that you wanted. So you guys mm, tell me. I'm fine with the order. Okay. You cool with that? Let's not call it excitement. Okay. <laughs> Let's. But I am excited to hear 
both of your opinions on it. Okay. Um, so, and I have my own thoughts, but I don't. Let's talk about Saints Row, guys. Yeah, let's let's talk about Saints Row. <laughs> so, Saints Row was re or, well, not re revealed, but a new reboot of Saints Row was revealed. Um, it was just a CGI trailer. So, hmm. I, I guess that's where I would like to start because um, I think there is gameplay footage out there now. Uh, there is a maybe, little bit. Yeah. Oh, uh, I haven't uh, seen it. I just saw it on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it either. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, what did you guys think? So, this is kind of bouncing off of what we were talking about last week. Not necessarily hype, but what a developer chooses to show us. Mm. So, this is something that's really very outlandish from the Saints Row that we know, right? Like, Austin... Is it? You, uh, Is it not? I don't know that you can say outlandish compared to what we know, considering what that franchise degenerated into. At its end, and I'm, I will not lie, I did not play the last of the games in the franchise. I Probably played, I think, goof. three. Um, this does seem vastly different. This almost yeah. seems like a new game to me. Um, Austin, did you say, I can't remember. Did you say you liked the trailer? Um, so I did and I didn't like, I, I, I kind of like, I I can appreciate the direction they're going, but like, I'm going to have to be that pretentious asshole on Reddit. Like the whole, like no Shondi, no Pierce, no Gat, but it's still a saints road title just doesn't. I don't know. That doesn't sit right with me. I understand it's a reboot. I understand it's a, you know, more or less complete rebranding of the franchise from what it looks like. But, like, to me, without Johnny Gad, it's not Saints Row. And that's shitty to say, and I feel like such a pretentious little cuck when I say shit like that. But I'm still going to buy it day one because I think – I still think the premise of it looks really cool. Um, I don't really too much care for the character designs themselves. Um, they kind of just look like, I don't know, man, they kind of just look like high school kids and that, I don't know, that just doesn't really seem like a cool setting to me, but I, I'm still going to buy it uh, whenever it releases and I'll reserve my criticism still then, I guess. But uh, So that's actually a surprise. What makes you want to buy this day one? Uh, just because it's Saints Row. But it's not the Saints Row that you know. Yeah, but if it still keeps gameplay elements of of previous Saints Row game, games, I'll still get some enjoyment out of it. And that's the thing. I mean, it looks it looks interesting. I'll say that it yeah, doesn't look sure. like what I was accustomed to. Do I wish they would have gone back to you know the original Saints Row? Maybe, maybe a little more. Um, I would have been down with a fucking remake, honestly. Just a more down-to-earth approach from what we've got. It was yeah. very much... I mean, it felt like in in just how aloof it was, it felt like Saint Row, like yeah. rooftop car rides, rocket launchers, <laughs> kitty cat motorcycle helmet being flung over the top of a car it. landing on someone's face. I mean, it was it was very... It, it was out there, and that part was cool, but I saw nothing in this that made me say, I will absolutely buy this day one. I yeah. mean, it looks, it does look a little weird. All the characters look interesting, but they almost look like just any other modern day take on what 
a cast of characters would look like. There, there was nothing remarkable about any of them, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing remarkable was fucking Kitty Cat Helmet. Like, See, that one was... And, and that's, like... I don't, I don't know if this is just me, but is it off-putting to anyone else how similar the art style that was used here looks like Fortnite? Or is that just me? Yeah, and that maybe that's something that I'm really not a fan of too yeah. because you're right it and it's not spot on but there's elements of it that's definitely there mm-hmm. like the whole kitty cat helmet that looked like a yeah. fortnite skin oh 100 yeah. that looked like something they plucked straight from fucking fortnite yeah i've seen nothing from this that makes me say i will buy this day one but i'm very curious to see how like the trailer for what it is if i didn't even see a saintro you know title attached to it I would have been a little interested because it seems like a kind of a wild ride, a good time in that regard. Like I said, rooftop backwards dashing car chases with giant (laughs) whatever heads falling onto a car, whatever. It's it's really, it seems action-packed and fun yeah the the gunplay looks like it would be a little good. I don't think, I, I saw a snippet of the gameplay trailer, but I didn't dive into it. Yeah. Um, I saw like a 10-second clip clip on Twitter, and that's all I watched of it. Yeah, that's about it for me. And it seems like, you know, the the territorial controls are really going to be a huge part of this game, which is great. Like, you're trying to expand your territory. You're a new up-and-coming gang. Like, you're trying to to make it your own or whatever. Yeah. Um, Which, again, to me, you know, I don't know how the Saints title, you know, this being a reboot. Is this Saints Row from the ground up? Is this a fucking what is it called like a an adjacent city and they're just starting to get their you know foothold in there and they're building the saints up from that like i don't know mm-hmm. right i have no idea what this is going to become but it looks interesting just not interesting enough for me to have any any kind of thought about a day one purchase and i'm tempering my expectations you know from last week we we talked about that a good bit with the hype and everything um i'm excited for a fresh start i'm excited for the possibilities that could potentially come with it Mm. but see the thing for me that i've been thinking about over the last couple of days like since i saw the the reveal was I'm really worried that because this looks like a much younger cast of characters than what we've seen so far, like the, like the, these characters literally look like they're, they're still in high school, like maybe 16 years old at, at the most. Um, whether they are or not, I don't know. Maybe that's just the art style that makes me think of them that way. I don't know. I truly think it's the art style. Like the one chick on the phone outside yeah. of the bar or whatever it is, she looks a little older. Um, the guy yeah she looks like maybe early 20s yeah but you're right they're incredibly young but go ahead and the thing i'm worried about is because like this looks i don't want to say lighthearted, but i mean it does it looks more lighthearted and and much more goofy than uh uh you know what saints row was now obviously saints row got really fucking over the top by the time four came around um but, like, I'm worried this is going to be one of those stories where, you know, these characters form a gang together, 
to like push out the other gangs from the city to to try to make the city a better place. Like I'm worried it's going to be one of those stories because I like I don't want that from a Saints Row game. You know, I, I want my character smoking weed out of a light bulb, shooting homeless people. Like I I don't want oh, like yeah, that's that's pretty out. I was going to gloss over that, but okay. like like I want that I want that like you know fuck that this is my city kind of feel to it that Saints Row Two really gives you. So you're worried this is going almost in the way of a vigilante. Yes. Yeah. Game. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I want this shit to be a fucking bloodbath. And you of all people right now is probably one of the better people to speak on it because you're actively playing a Saints Row game. I am. I, I If I had more time to sit down on my computer, please, God, believe me, I would be playing two over three. But I yeah. just don't. And but you make a good point. I don't want the story to be some, you know, vigilante style gang that comes yeah, in to expand their territory. And like, you're right. I do want a criminal empire. That's kind of the point to those games to me. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to feel like at the end of the day, I'm almost justified in what I'm doing. I don't want that. You know, I want to still have the, yeah, you know, the, it's gang on gang. We're pretty fucked up side of it too. Like that's the kind of feeling yeah. I want to have at least, but maybe be a little, leadership. yeah, um, definitely the dildo swords. Got to have those. The dildo sword and like the little, um, I, I don't know if they did them. I don't know if they did it in one and four, but I do know that they did it in two and three specifically. Um, three had this whole like weird mermaid Easter egg that you could find in like, uh, I, I can't remember the specifics of it, but there was like this big mermaid Easter egg. And then in, uh, Saints Row 2, it had the Loch Ness monster, uh, Easter egg. And I fucking love shit like that. So I really hope this game does something to bring back those Easter eggs or do, do its own kind of thing. Yeah. The, uh, the animation of the trailer looked really great the facial Mm -hmm. animations everything like that but i just have to say the ending of that trailer was so fucking bad (laughs) it was hey asshole get the fuck away from my friends really yeah that's that's, where we're going see that's what makes me think it's gonna be like a more light-hearted vigilante thing is that fucking cringy line they used at the end of it Dude. I saw that my neck fucking broke because I cringed so fucking hard, dude. <laughs> I was like, I was having a good time in the trailer up until that. Yeah, but then, and then it happens, and then you're like, oh, like, oh, okay, God, right. So definitely corny as shit, and not the good kind of corny. That was the kind of corny that's like, oh God, I can't go through a whole game listening to that shit. <laughs> Josh, can I add a game on here that you didn't add? Oh, never mind, it's there. I'm just an idiot and can't read. Never mind. To be fair, none of us can read. We all went to public school. <laughs> That's fair. I didn't even finish. Josh, you have any Saintro expectations or uh, uh, worries? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the number one thing I wanted to point out is that this game is supposed to be coming out next year, and we only have a CGI trailer. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Just not Assassin's ex- Creed was bad about that too, right? Uh, maybe, um, I'm, I'm, I think they were really bad about dropping just CGI trailers within like five months of a game's supposed release. Yeah. I got to be honest though. I haven't paid attention to fucking any sort of Saints Row shit in, or not Saints Row, Assassin's Creed shit in God knows how long. So, um, but yeah, I mean, 
I agree with everything that you guys both said. I think that some of the stuff was really fucking lame. Um, and I <laughs> prefer that they didn't go that route, but also like, I understand that they have to appeal to the biggest audience possible. And that mm. means that they have to get kids involved. Oh, unfortunately. God. Uh, well, let's bring kids into the gang scene. No big deal. Yeah. No, no, no big deal. Um, that's fine. Just a 15 year old selling crack on the street. It's cool. So, yeah. Uh, I, but again, I haven't really like saints row. Hasn't been my thing for a very long time. Um, I love that first game to death. I think that one is my favorite, followed by three, probably. You're crazy. Um, but yeah, I kind of could not have cared less. How can you like one more than two? You know what? Never mind. I don't I don't want to get into that. We're gonna be here too long. How? No, you know what? I do. How? Uh I mean, it was fresh, I guess. I I just love how triggered that you made him because I hear him consistently flicking his lighter in the background, I think. <laughs> That's fair. Just out of pure agitation. Two was the best game in the franchise, and I will not accept anything other than that. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I It, it was just one of those games that, like, I, I know that it, it sounds stupid to say that it was fresh and whatever because it was a fucking Grand Theft Auto clone, but, like, one just has this very distinct feel to me that I don't think that any of the other games ever really replicated, including 3. I like 3, but even 3 didn't really ever fucking hit the same highs as 1 to me. And... Uh, I mean, again, maybe that's just me being bad with opinions and whatnot, but I don't know. That's just how I feel, man. Yeah, bad opinion. So okay, though. We all have bad opinions. Yeah. Well, can I just say how disappointed I am in Marvel's Midnight Sun? Uh, (laughs) I am, too, after what came out today. Yeah, that's literally what I was about to say. Oh, boy. Um. I mean, let's get right into it. So the fucking... I'm goddamn mad. T- tell us why you're mad. It's dumb. <laughs> that it's stupid. Nailed it. it. Get rid of it. It's stupid. It's not what I expected when I saw who was making it. I don't even like real-time strategy games, but I was excited for this one. And then, why am I fucking playing Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I playing Yu-Gi-Oh! with Marvel characters? Uh, I did not expect that. Did you guys even remotely see that shit coming? No. I thought thought it was going to have gameplay like more akin to what we saw from Marvel's Avengers, and I was down for that. I thought it would be like truly like some kind of real-time strategy mixed with maybe like Ultimate Alliance in some sort of shape or form. I don't know. I didn't expect cards. No, I didn't. I don't think anybody did, honestly. And the trailer looked fucking sick. Oh, the trailer was so good. I was I was very hyped for that. Like I remember making Madison watch that trailer when I got home from work that day because I thought it looked so cool. It had such a great ensemble too, like characters that yep. we don't necessarily always get to see, like Blade, like the the fucking, fucking great the the newer version of Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, strange, 
but all of these characters, dude, it's like where? Yeah. I, I, I'm just really disappointed because this could have been such a fun, um, fun chance for these characters to truly shine. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing it and it's like, I, I don't, I don't understand. I, I think I, I think I still want to play it. Maybe <laughs> I don't. And that's completely feasible, right? There, but I have to have some kind of demo. There, there needs to be something. I'm not this. I, this that is be true. A game that I just buy into. I, I would like a demo at least just to see it. It's just inter- It's not a game that I anticipated. Um, truly, mm-hmm. I maybe I you know fuck. I'll keep echoing back. I feel like last week's podcast. I truly learned a lesson about myself, and it will help me grow inevitably but even with midnight sun midnight suns i got hyped for it Mm -hmm. um i will say unjustifiably i saw a trailer and i was like this is neat i will buy it and then here we are a week later and again it's it's not the action-packed game or even the rts that i thought it was going to (laughs) be yeah um i uh a week i made it a week with hype and that was it (laughs) yeah I so one thing that I I think kind of maybe I guess gave this revelation away was the fact that the game is coming day and date on both console and PC and most Firaxis games do not do that most of them come to either PC or console first and then get ported at a later date but this is coming day and date and uh that I feel like was maybe a bad sign. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe, maybe they finally got a grip on themselves and just did it right from the get go. Brought it to everything in one go. Did you guys watch the gameplay trailers t- today? Like from IGN and stuff like that? No, Mm-mm. not yet. Josh, did you, this is my issue is like, it's not what we wanted at all, but it's, still somehow looks kind of fun like even using the card based system and thank christ they're not going to do like loot boxes or anything like that they'll have cosmetics and stuff to buy yeah they forget where they said it but they said no loot box mechanics which is great um they will absolutely have cosmetics but oh yeah i'm sure um i don't know like there's just different things that you could unlock for the battles like different finishers and all this stuff i don't know i i would implore you guys to watch the gameplay trailer because while it's not what we expected it's it seems more i mean obviously it's a strategy game you know look who's developing it so while i'm disappointed that we're not getting what we thought it was it still looks kind of neat for what it is i just don't know if i can justify spending i hope it's not 70 dollars at launch it probably Um, will be I genuinely hope it isn't, but <laughs> I'm watching the trailer now. I'm watching the Oh, see, I didn't even know it was 2K developing it. Well, 2K owns Firaxis. Mm. Right. Um and Firaxis like for for what it's worth, I've I'm not going to lie. I've never played an XCOM game. I know what it is. I've seen it play, but I've never played it. Like I said, RTS games really aren't for me. I I enjoyed Halo Wars, the first one. Um, never played StarCraft, anything like that, dude. This um, this does not 
I don't know. This does not look fun at all. See, this is kind of cool because we're getting a live reaction <laughs> as he's watching the gameplay. <laughs> this does not look fun at all. Like it, it looks like a cool concept, but it looks like I'd get really bored of it after like twenty minutes. Like this because doesn't... you're not actively hacking and slashing, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. Were you at least? Huh? Were you interested in it? Oh as yeah, an RTS for sure. mechanic, like as an RTS game. Uh yeah, I'd probably be. I mean, I I like I like strategy games, so yeah, I would have been interested. Like if it was just that, if it was just like a like a turn based strategy game, I would have been down for that. Or even an RTS, that would have been cool. Too. And it it still kind of feels like that, just in a really weird way. You mean dumb way? Uh no, I don't mean dumb way because I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm not willing to pay seventy dollars for it. Then yeah, be no. If I did give this a chance, this is gonna be like when I catch it for 20 bucks on Black Friday next year. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, did we have any write-ins about this in particular? Uh, no. We should have. Yeah, this is one of those you ones that I think... Uh, this is one of those ones that I think when people heard, like, Firaxis and they heard uh, Marvel, they were like, the fuck? <laughs> um, What's happening? But... Yeah, no one, no one wrote in about this, and I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> well, I'm actually a little surprised with how much we have a fucking cult following of Marvel's Avengers. That's on the just yeah, fucking yeah, that Facundo. That's just Red Blue. <laughs> Isn't Justin a fan? Well, he plays it, but he's not in there like every day talking about like, hey, can I suck Avengers cock? Oh, oh God, <laughs> damn. I am so sorry. He's the only one that actually likes our Pokemon podcast. <laughs> I, I don't want to shit on him because I know he's the only one that listens to those episodes. Right. When we release that special in a few days, he will be the one play. He is, uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. He doesn't pay us, so. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has other subscriptions, but he doesn't want to subscribe to us. Yeah, even though he likes your Pokemon right. podcast so I, much. Great guy. Please. <laughs> please. Don't take this. See, we were, we, me and Dylan felt bad the whole time but we were recording Justin. it because we, we were like, oh, please don't let this be, be just <laughs> fucking perk reward because... I was like, if if this is Justin's tier reward, then then someone needs to go ahead and owe up and give him a fucking refund. <laughs> Somebody needs to back pay this motherfucker. Uh, I thought that would have been the greatest gift to Justin ever. <laughs> oh boy, he would have been like, here's a Pokemon episode, and here's like twenty bucks for the last couple of months. <laughs> Man, yeah, sorry, right. he doesn't need the twenty bucks. He's fine. Yeah, he's a multimillionaire. <laughs> Can I tell you guys just how little I don't care about Halo anymore? Uh, well, you're well, wrong. Okay, so is is this because of the uh, Microsoft conference? Well, first off, my water bottle just fell off the desk and I caught it, and it was amazing. Nice. That was like the best catch of my life. Also, don't know how it fell. Was that the highlight? Um, no, of your I day? just, I'm just. Uh, no, being on this podcast with you guys is the highlight. No, you don't have to lie. Okay, well, going forward, yeah, it was the water <laughs> bottle. Um, no, I don't know, man. I've just lost all the hype I ever had for Halo. Like I said, I've not. I didn't really enjoy four. 
I barely gave five a chance and I'm not really excited for Halo Infinite. I, I've just grown away from it. Much like you have Final Fantasy and Pokemon, that's kind of like me and Halo and I spent most of my childhood there. I mean, wow. fair enough. I can't say that I hate that opinion. Things just sometimes, <laughs> you know, they go that way. We've just gone different yeah. ways. I didn't watch anything that they revealed at the Microsoft conference. So, <clears throat> what about all the things that they chose not to ship with the game itself? Uh, so, hmm? yeah, Austin did say, I don't remember if Austin texted us about this or if he said something in the Discord, but I'm going to be that person who uh, is a contrarian on this, and I say, I don't think it's all that big of a deal. What? That it's not shipping with uh, Forge or... Um, Campaign co-op. Oh, yeah. No, I did say that. Yeah. for I mean, Forge, I could see coming in a later update, but campaign co-op, again, that's where I had a lot of fun. See, and, and, that's, and that's what I was saying. Like, that's like, I don't know, man. That's like, that's a very basic, like, staple Halo feature. Yeah, but I will remind you guys of this. Five didn't launch with co-op either. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, five did not launch no with co-op. Uh, mm. And but after a twelve-month delay, do you not think they should have at least had their shit together enough to be able to give us the basic state? I mean, I think that this shows that the game was in bad shape and that Joseph Staten has <laughs> fucking turned it around over there. But um, I mean, I don't know, man. I I kind of feel like he has turned it around. Like the game was in pretty rough shape the way that everyone lambasted it when it was first revealed mm -hmm. right and now we've got something and people have played the the multiplayer beta and people have said that it's very good so like i is the is the multiplayer free? the multiplayer is going to be yeah. free yeah uh i don't think okay. you even have to have game pass for it uh, i think it's just going to be mm -mm. like it's just straight up free yeah it's gonna be like warzone yeah essentially yeah. That's kind of cool. I might try that. Um, but yeah, uh, what was I saying? I just... He's turned it around. Yeah, I just don't think that it is as big a deal as everyone is making it out to be. But I mean, I am also quite the person with like hearty opinions that people hate. So... <laughs> I'm... I, I, it's not that I hate your opinions. I respect them. I just disagree sometimes. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I don't know. It's weird for me to see you be hopeful in a game that's been delayed. Like, I don't know if that's well, weird to me. So here's my thing. Because I just remember how, how, how hard you ripped apart Cyberpunk before it came. Yeah, but I... But that's also different. Yeah, and I also think that the, the Cyberpunk thing was, was different for a couple of reasons. I think that the Cyberpunk thing was, like, these guys delayed it fucking multiple times. Halo mm -hmm. only delayed it once. And, yeah. like, yeah, it fucking sucks that they delayed it and that they are delaying it and still it's missing features but they did only delay it once so like i give them yeah, credit for that uh but yeah i do tend to think that the the cd project thing was a little bit more fucky <laughs> yeah i feel that well they released a fucky game so you're 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 right hopefully 
the lesson that we can learn from the Halo delay is that delay your game and then don't say fucking anything about it until it's ready. Yep. Which is, we got, you know, snippets along this road till here, but we never got a release date, anything like that. We didn't have to get, you know, any false promises and push it back again. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, any excuses, no shit like that. Um, that was another thing with with CD Projekt Red too. Is every every time they delayed the game, they they had a uh, another quote unquote release date literally ready to go every single time they fucking delayed it. Yeah, and that made it truly excruciating as someone who was salivating for this game to come out. It was awful. Mm-hmm. It's like don't don't do that to me. Don't and I think hope. I about said fucking Bungie, dude. Um, <laughs> Three four three, yeah, you're, yeah, that that tells you the Halo fan that I am. Um, but no, they did great in just saying, "Hey, we're delaying it until it's ready to come out," and they fucking did it, man, and they owned it. Yes, it's shipping without features that I think it should absolutely come with. I'm okay to leave Forge out of it because there's a lot that goes into it, and who knows how yeah. the game has evolved since the days that I remember. Um. So Forge can be a little bit of a tricky subject. I get that. But campaign co-op is still one that's like, I don't, I don't get that. But that being said, um, they, they, they put it off long enough to have a finished product and they have an end date. We have, what was the release date, uh, Josh? December 9th. December what? The day before my birthday. December 9th. Hey, that's awesome, man. That'll be a good birthday present. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I was about to say, that was, he I said, might have gone. We don't really down. know that yet. Yeah. Let's it, chill it, out. That's it could potentially be a good birthday present. Um, but no, they just did it right. That's ultimately what I was trying to say. CD project kept just delay after delay and then excuses and then release dates. And it hurt as a fan waiting for it. So for the halo, at least, you know, we knew it was coming. We didn't know when we knew they were working on it. We had updates along the way and that's how it should be done. If you're going to delay a game, do it the way that three, four, three did in Microsoft. No, the, yeah. So one thing that I do, I have to applaud these dudes for is their level of transparency. Like one of the things that we, I think repeatedly hit on with our episode last week was, uh, communication, communicate what you're doing, communicate, you know, this is taking this long. We like, uh, we didn't expect these sorts of delays or like, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you've got to say, just be transparent about it. Like the one thing yeah. that fucking, uh, I uh, part of the reason that I don't think that the delay is as bad as everyone is saying that it's going to be is because they they told us why they said, you know, this game is a lot different from other halos that we've launched with. And we're still trying to figure out how to make it work. And I'm like, okay, cool. Make it work. Bring it to me when you can. I don't care. Just make sure that it works first. Yeah. Don't give me another fucking cyberpunk. Please, God. So, I don't know. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, um, I do kind of feel you though a little bit, uh, Dylan. In your, uh, I'm not a Halo fan the way that I used to be. The campaign for five really burned me bad, um, and I am ready for. Three four three to redeem themselves. I think. Well, we'll see. Well, yeah, I, I guess we will see. Um, 
I'm just, I wish I could be excited for it. I'm just not. Yeah. Uh, so the, the thing is, um, I do think that, uh, it is a little worrisome that they have not shown the campaign yet. Um, I would have liked to have seen some of that. Uh, and I don't know why they're, they haven't showed it since that first, you know, trailer or whatever, but I guess we'll see. Um, yeah. when it comes, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that I have here that I wanted to talk about is the Forza five stuff. Uh, and the reason that I wanted to talk about it is because I feel like this was a weird conference for Microsoft or, or presentation. I should say, maybe not conference conference is probably a bad word to choose. Um, for a number of reasons, but the number one reason in my book is because we already got an extended gameplay look at Forza Horizon 5, and they decided to show us the first eight minutes of the game here, and I, I don't know why. <laughs> um, we we already know. I, I At this point, I'm like, we know what Forza Horizon is. If you don't, then you probably don't care about Forza Horizon at this, or maybe not yeah. at this point, but like you, you don't care at all um, sort of thing. So why are they still showing like big, big snippets of this game? You know what I mean? Um, and I, I like they did try to set their uh, like set expectations for everybody saying, Hey, we're only showing stuff that like you've already seen. And like, cool. Thank you for trying to set proper expectations for everybody. But like, what are you doing parading Forza Horizon around still? You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. I I thought that was weird. Um, I mean, that being said. Oh, I'm yeah. I, dude, fuck. When they showed it at E3, I was like, yep, this is going to be a game that I play a lot of. I cannot fucking wait. Um. So yeah, and I enjoyed the eight minutes that I saw. I mean, it's a beautiful oh, dude, game. This this might be the best looking Forza, which is fucking. No, it's hands down the best looking one, dude. Like that's saying a lot, dude. Because Forza games just are fucking stunning. They always one up each other with the next game yeah. that comes out. Um, this one, I don't know. Just the whole racing through the sandstorm thing. That yeah, was, dude. Oh, and then, right. That was awesome. Going through the jungle, like, or whatever it was supposed to be. It's like the really tropical area. You're dashing across rivers. Birds are flying up around you. There is, you know, steam and fog, you know, emanating from the ground itself just because it's hot and humid and the terrain. Like, there's so much detail that's going into the environment. Plus, the cars themselves look absolutely stunning. The level of detail that's going, you know, as you're racing across the landscape, it's just unreal. They're, they have truly... Done, outdone themselves from Horizon 4 and man I'm so excited for it Yeah, this is going to be one of those games that I am fairly positive is going to rank very high uh, in my end of the year list for game of the year yeah and it's like it, I would be hard pressed to have it, I don't want to I, I don't know how this will come across but it's like I don't know that I can have a a racing game be my game of the year contender 
but Horizon 5 might come pretty damn close from what I've seen. Yeah, dude. So that was something I actually brought up in the Discord today. So 2016 was a great fucking year for games, right? Like, I mean, it was just an exceptional year for games. Um, And when I look back at that year, like Dishonored 2 came out and I fucking love Dishonored 2 and Inside came out and Uncharted came out. And like, there were so many fucking excellent games that year. And I think had a couple, like had Inside not come out, I think that Dishonored 2 was probably my game of the year. But like right behind that was fucking Forza Horizon 3. I know for a fact that I spent over 100 hours in that game. Like, Easy. I just played that game until like, I, I, I don't even know if I got sick of it. I think other stuff just no. got, like came out, you know? It, it that's the thing man i don't get sick of these games there's so much to do um like between the races and the collectibles and even the wheel spins being as addictive as they are you always want to get another one you want to see what kind of cars you can get this just i completely agree like that 2016 was a fantastic year for gaming there were different things on my list but horizon was on there again and here we are in 2021 about to get five and i I do not have enough good things to say about what we saw. Um, God, man, even like the sky itself, the clouds look more realistic in this game than I've ever seen in my life. I know that's just a small thing to point out, but it just does a good job at making you look or making it look like you're there. And oh, I'm just, I'm super excited for it, man. That when does it come out? It's uh, October. I th- think so. If it's not October, it's November, but it's, I mean, it's one of those two. Yeah. Well, either way, it, I would say it can't come soon enough, but kind of from here until the end of the year, there's a lot of shit coming out that I want to play. So I can, I can patiently wait <laughs> for this one. Yeah, I feel you. It is uh oh fuck. Oh wait, that was the wrong game. I typed in Forza Horizon 5. It gave me Forza Motorsport 5. Do you want to tell me why? Because uh, Google is a fuck twit. Is this your way of trying to get me to go to Bing? Yep. Go to Bing. Well, I will not. Anyway, it comes Use out November Bing. 9th. It's much, it's much better. No. I swear you'd think we were sponsored by them. It comes out the 9th of November. <laughs> Maybe we should be. Honestly, sponsor us, please. Please, Microsoft. You have enough money. Come on. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but, yeah. Uh, cool. Well, what is the next thing on the list? Um... The next thing is Elden Ring. Uh, this wasn't shown at the Microsoft press conference, but um, it had a presence there. Dylan, was your dick hard the entire time? Um, look, I'm gauging my expectations with this one. I think it looks great. Um, I have I. This is one of those things that I'm truly tempering my expectations for. I didn't personally like Sekiro. Um, it, sh- it broke too much of the Souls formula that I like. It was, you know, it felt like a fine game. I didn't make it too far, but it's just something that I wasn't necessarily interested in. Um, so vibe with you, Elden Ring. I it, it it kind of goes back to the Souls formula from what I can tell. Um, I am interested in it, but I don't know, man. I just 
I'm trying to temper those expectations. And this was something that I was doing from before our last podcast. I want to be excited for it. I am excited for it, but I just don't want to go in and get my hopes up like I did with Sekiro. Yeah, fair enough. I feel that. Um, I think this game looks fucking cool. Um, I don't have much to say other than that. Uh, I know that we had talked, I think either in the discord or through text, but, um, George railroad Martin, uh, actually only helped write the lore for the game. Uh, and that this is all Miyazaki. Um, which really boggles my mind because Miyazaki does such a great job with lore. Why the fuck did we have to bring him in for this? I think it was one of those things that like Miyazaki probably just wanted to work with Martin. That's how I think that it probably went mm-hmm. down, but that's just, I mean, it boggles my mind why he chose him of all people. Um, I have no, like, I don't know. It's, I have my, I have a lot of issues with George railroad Martin. As you said, I, first off, I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is that? and I got it. <laughs> um, I have a lot of issues with him, but mainly that he doesn't know how to end um, a fucking story. Uh, yeah. And he is just all about that cash. Like he can't even finish his fucking books. He just let the showrunners do its own thing and ruin the <laughs> brilliant <laughs> franchise. And nope, not going down this. So road. I will say uh, this. I wish his name was not t- attached to this game. That's what I will say. <laughs> um, fair enough. I- I'll say this. Uh, I don't think that the writers of the series necessarily ruined what was going on. I think they knew what Martin was doing with the story, and then they didn't know how to get there, and they just kind of were like, uh, uh, uh. And now this happens. I, I'm not. I'm not. We, not saying that they're to blame, but I think that it's a little bit more complicated than just blaming just the writers. I think. No, it's definitely his fucking fault too. Like it's it's all hit. Uh, nope, not talking about <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> I will Don't lose, lose it. it, Dylan. All right, uh, QuakeCon. I put this in here just because. Um, it happened. <laughs> I don't think that we got much information that was of, of any real use to anybody. Um, but QuakeCon happened. So that's a thing you should probably know about. That's a thing that exists. <laughs> that, that's a thing that exists. Um, and oh, so one thing that did come out of it is they remastered the original Quake. Uh, it's out on, I, I think it's on game if I'm not mistaken but so that that was a thing that happened um yeah they just added all the quake shit to game pass okay yeah so that happened and then um uh the Nintendo Indie Showcase do you guys want to talk about that at all the only thing that came out of that that I really wanted to talk about was um, I didn't see it was Axiom Verge 2 because the first Axiom Verge is really good. And, um, yeah. But the rest of the stuff I saw there, I didn't really care all that much about, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> yeah, not a lot going on there. Nope. Okay. 
All right. Well, so the next thing that we've got is, uh, oh, actually, you know what? I take that back. Tetris Effect is coming to the Switch. Tetris Effect is a great game. Play that fucking game. Cool. Um, yeah. I well, I love Tetris, but <laughs> that's yeah. Anyway. Um. <laughs> anyway. Uh, stuff and things. Where are we at? Where are we at? We are at. Oh, uh, another one. This is actually something that um. Know. I think they told us about in the Discord. The boys in the Discord told us about. Um, but uh, that that cyberfunk game. Oh, uh, you want to talk about that, uh, Austin? Uh, dude, I'm salivating what? over that fucking game, dude. Oh, it looks so good. It's like what? it. It's just just a spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio and it even has the same fucking composer from Jet Set Radio and I am so excited. Um I didn't uh I'm I'm assuming uh they released a little bit cuz I've seen people talking more and more about it so I'm assuming that they released a little bit of more footage. Uh this is one of those games that any type of trailer or anything they release for I am staying far fucking away from. Uh, I just know that as soon as this game's available, I'm fucking buying yeah. it. And I don't want to see shit about it until then, and I'm going to play through it in, like, probably a day. That game looks fucking awesome, and it's going to bring back so much nostalgia, and I'm so excited for it. Cool. Did you like Sunset Overdrive? Uh, I've actually never oh, played Sunset that Overdrive. Fucking game. I did recently download Hover because it looked similar to Jet Set Radio, and I fucking hate it. That game is awful. But no, I have yet to play uh, Sunset Overdrive. I have heard that I should because I love Jet Set Radio uh, so much. N- not even yeah. that. You love Spider-Man so much. Oh, that, I mean, yeah, I'm, that is true. Fuck, like, that game is literally a precursor to everything that they did in Spider-Man. Like, I'm not even fucking joking. Really? Yeah, like, th- oh, Ma- uh, Marcus Dunstan, I think is his name, the guy who directed mm. Spider-Man, literally said that they learned, like, how to make that game work because of Sunset Overdrive. Shit. Is that a stupid question? Is it on PlayStation? Uh, it's only on Xbox. Oh, well, for, oh. for now. Um, it's on Game Pass. Like, I think PC, you could play it. Yeah. Oh, word. All right. Bet. Oh, it's so good. I'm going to check. It's it right so good. I fucking love that game. And and talk about, like, fucking nostalgia, dude. Like, that game is just full of, like, 90s references. And, yeah. like... That shit speaks to me. <laughs> yeah, it's on. I just checked. It's on. You could download it on PC Game Pass. I've seen it played a lot. Uh, my buddy, uh, my buddy Sebastian, uh, had like a weird, unhealthy obsession with it. So every time I would go over to his house to smoke, he would just be playing that for like hours and hours and hours. So, right, so I'll probably check into that. Yeah, that game's that sounds up my alley. Real good. Um, oh yeah. And th- so they're actually, I-, I looked at this list and I was like, eh, there's nothing I really want to talk about, but I actually do want to talk about this. Uh, they also um, said that Boyfriend Dungeon is coming to uh, the Switch, and that's a game that I am about to be playing on Game Pass. Um, looks real fucking stupid. I kind of really fucking love the idea about it where like the boyfriends are the weapons that you what the fuck is this the boyfriends are the weapons that you use in combat i, kind of, I fucking love that hold on what <laughs> Dude, it's 
it's it's awesome. What is this game called? It's called Boyfriend Dungeon. What the? F- <laughs> it looks oh, awesome. Dude. Right. <laughs> looking that up. It's on Game Pass right now. So uh, if oh shit, if this is something that strikes your fancy. No, don't say oh shit like it's some miracle game that just came. You go look at it before you say oh shit. This is a fucking joke. <laughs> Yo, this game looks great. <laughs> it looks fun as hell. It looks great. <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck? Super fun. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll download it. I'll give it a shot. I'm definitely playing this. It looks like Minecraft dungeon mixed with the harem of <laughs> oh weapons. My. <laughs> it looks great. I'll give it what a shot. What the fuck? Oh, Why are you so upset? Anything that makes anyway. Dylan uncomfortable, I'll give it a shot. It looks so weird. And? The art style is very unique. You're both very unique. <laughs> that we are. We are unique. Oh, Dylan. Him and his hating anime things. I don't yes, you do. hate anime things. I'm willing to try Persona. <laughs> you hate anime things. It's all right, buddy. We get it. I, I can name... Two animes that I love. <laughs> I don't believe that that is true. What are those two? Because I want to know. They. The Last Airbender does not. The end of the one. podcast. Uh, Pokemon. Oh, I have a hard time saying that counts, but I mean, it <laughs> technically does. Okay. Uh, I really like Evangelion and Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Well, anyway, yeah, Boyfriend Dungeon coming to Switch. Check it out. Looks looks rad. Cool. Uh, that sounds like the perfect place to play that, honestly. Oh, Samurai Champloo. Oh, okay. I love that. Samurai Champloo is a good show. I haven't seen it in a and long time. And does Afro Samurai count? Yeah. Okay, I like that, too. I feel like the Boondocks kind of No, it doesn't. I say that, but no, I feel like they definitely count. count. It definitely does. Definitely doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I like Death Note, but I don't think you like Death Note. I hate Death Note. Why? Death Note okay. is easily like one of the because the dub is very crit. Uh, yeah, I got that's fair. The dub is very crit. Now, I mean, subbed it's fine. Subbed, I have no issue. Like, I, I, I normally like I, I don't have any issue with dubs. I prefer to watch dubs over subbed and whatever filthy casual but like there's nothing wrong with wanting to watch something that's in your native fucking language uh so you're telling me that this sequence did not do it for you i'll write a name no and then i'll take a potato chip and i'll eat it (laughs) dude that scene alone i'm not gonna lie i was with like i had no issues with the dub up until that scene that scene was cringy enough to make me stop watching. No, that's the best scene in the entire like, <laughs> Nope. Nope. I don't oh, want man. any piece of that. Okay. Maybe one day I'll go back. Well, I named three. Stuff, so yeah, you did good. I am now a weeb. <laughs> I am now weeb. Can he get his card now? His card carrying weeb card? Nope. You yeah. Don't yeah. He can, that. he can have his card. I do not. What is it? Like a fucking Pokemon no, it's card? A, uh, it's a fan uh, service No, picture. it just has uh, two big titties. <laughs> just two big anime titties. Dude, we both went the exact same route, Austin. Oh, so uncomfortable. <laughs> There's tentacle porn. Hey, maybe we should talk about the next topic. Yeah. Uh, speaking of being This is a nice transition. Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of real <laughs> bad things happening lately in the gaming industry. Um Oh, no. Sexual misconduct. Oh. Namely, yeah, namely sexual misconduct. Um, and we wanted to talk about 
those uh, because these have been things that have been going on uh, ongoing. Uh, the first one, I, I just want to get out of the way because I don't think that either of you guys really know much about this, but uh, Fulbright, um, are you guys aware of that company? Uh, no. Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I didn't hear anybody say anything. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So Fulbright is the company behind Gone Home, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Um and Steve Gaynor got accused of it wasn't sexual harassment. It was just uh, some like he was not very kind to the women on in his staff, um, which is still not very good. You should probably not do that, Steve Gaynor, you fucking prick. Um, but yeah, this one sucked for me because I do love those games and all of the uh, games that he has made have had like really strong like female leads. So like. It's one of those things that kind of like, I was like, oh, this kind of came out of nowhere. What the fuck? Um, so, yeah, uh, but fucking sucks. Uh, but the the big ones obviously are the uh, Blizzard and Ubi, the ongoing Ubisoft scandals. Um, but uh, I don't know. Where do you guys want to begin? The fact that Activision Blizzard fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, I am so disappointed because I have been a huge fan of them for most of my life. Or Blizzard, I'll say that, not Activision. Um, in terms of both World of Warcraft and Overwatch, those have been huge parts of my life. Diablo as well. And to see the entire mishandling of everything that's happening and then just the sheer amount of just unfathomable shit pouring <coughs> from them is really disgusting, dude. Mm -hmm. And so much so that it's leading to like McCree and Overwatch is going to be renamed because he was named after one of the fucks responsible for the shit going on. Um, which is really disappointing. I loved him as a character. Now I... I, I didn't even know that his name was correlated with Jesse McCree, the person who was recently let go. Mm -hmm. um, had no idea. But no, man, I am disgusted by everything that's gone on, how they're handling it, and how they're not taking any accountability. Like, that's what pisses me off the most, is that there's no accountability. They, they denied accusations the first time they were called out, and I can't remember, but they just got... They, They've denied accusations about something else recently. I forgot what it was. I was watching a skill up video and he commented on it. I don't remember what it was, but again, that's just lack of accountability on their side. And it's really, really getting to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, f I totally understand that. Um, uh, All right. I hate when that <laughs> happens. No one fucking says I, anything. I was going to say something, and then Josh sounded like he was going to say something, and I was like, this is probably going to be smarter than what I'm yeah. about to say, so I'm just going <laughs> to... And then he didn't fucking well, talk. I was... I started to Not say something, and then I was like, well, I need to gather my thoughts before I speak, sort of thing. Okay. Well, um, yeah. It's... This is all just a super fucking disgusting situation. Like, I, I read through, like, the court... Uh, or not court, but like the transcripts of, of like what had happened, like especially with the uh, one employee who went on like a business retreat and then literally committed suicide while on that retreat. And I just, this whole situation has disgusted me enough that 
I went through all of my consoles. Anything from Activision or Blizzard on any of my consoles or PC has been deleted, and I had no plans of re-downloading them. I'd, as excited as I was for Overwatch 2, I'm not fucking touching it, and it's the same thing with Call of Duty Vanguard. I, I'm not going to fucking touch it. Yeah. Anything that comes from Activision or Blizzard, they will not get any more of my time or fucking money. Until it's rectified and it's taken into appropriate hands. For sure. The employees there can feel safe again. Yeah, until the people you know who are solely responsible are held accountable, then no. They're not going to get another fucking cent or gameplay minute from me. And just overall, fuck Bobby Kotick. Like, I, Honestly. I just, you know, fuck you. <laughs> fuck. Uh, I'd... And it sucks, dude, because, like, fuck, I was so excited for Overwatch 2. A little hyped as shit for that, but not anymore, I guess. Yeah. It's the same thing on the U- the Ubisoft spectrum from, yeah. what's his name? Uh, Yves Gilmont. Yeah. Yves. Yeah, it's the same thing there. It's like, he might not be um, directly implicated, but he is just allowing this yeah. shit to I I gotta be honest with you. I kind of gotta wonder what the fuck's going on over there specifically because this has been ongoing with Ubisoft for a like fuck. How long has it been now? Uh, too long. (laughs) This whole thing. I mean, too long, obviously. But like the. I don't. I the accusations for the stuff with Ubisoft in particular have. Like, I feel like began surfacing like earlier this year because I feel like I remember us talking about it at some point on the on the podcast. Like, oh, wait, holy shit. Wasn't that the beginning of the year? I think I yeah, do remember it, I mean, it was something like I don't remember the exact like day and date and shit like that. But like this has been an ongoing thing for a very, very long time. And it's like. Come on, guys. What are you? What are you fucking doing? That's just the overall spectrum right now, and it's always in this industry too. Yeah, and it makes me sick, man. It's always something pertaining to devs or publishers, whatever. But it's always in the video, and I understand it's it's in the film industry too. I get that, but it's like this one hits home, and it just seems to always continue to come out in one way or another. But you're right. Now that you say that, this Ubisoft one's been going on for a hot minute because we did talk about that mm-hmm. in one of our earlier episodes this year. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Re- I don't remember the exact episode, but we we for sure covered this. Um, so I I don't really have anything to say other than it fucking sucks, and I hope the best for anyone who was uh you know had this going on for them like fuck dude i I can't even imagine i hope they can no i can't and i hope they find solace and it just sucks that they're going through it and they can't even have any kind of you know justice for what they've gone through they're just you know the the companies themselves are trying to do crowd control and you know all that shit and it just sucks that yeah that's more important than the people's lives that have literally been spent, you know, just invested into these companies and the games that we've even played. It just sucks that they're feeling the way they are. I can't imagine in my own workplace how that would feel. So that, that's awful, yeah. man. Uh, one thing that I wanted to do uh, and talk with you guys about you, you guys, I mean, we don't 
necessarily have to all agree uh, because we are our own all in all our own individuals. We have to speak for ourselves or whatever. Um, but I mm. wanted to ask you guys how you felt we should cover anything from either of these companies going forward. Um, I, That's where it yeah. sucks, right? So I'm a, th- this is my own personal take and this is how I will be handling it. And this is also something that I saw uh, scale up talk about. And I think that this is the best way forward. I think that it is fucking shitty to erase the work of innocent people or people who were even affected by this because of the Mm -hmm. actions of shit people. So for me personally, how I plan to do anything with Ubisoft or Activision Blizzard games going forward is if it is something that, uh, I am going to cover in any sort of way. Uh, I'm not going to not cover it anymore. Uh, like I'm not going to do a blackout for, for their shit. Um, because I think that it would completely erase all of the hard work that those people in particular put out. And I don't want that for them. I want them to be recognized for the shit that they did. Um, but I am also going to make sure that I do any sort of that thing with the caveat that um, this was made under shitty circumstances and that everyone should know that it was made under shitty circumstances. Um, Yeah. I truly think that's the only way it should be approached because like you said, going, not necessarily, you know, just by not showing everything that they've put their work into, it makes it all for nothing. Yeah. Almost. Because not, not um, only did they have to go through shit, be- but now they also don't get their work recognized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, that's money out of their pockets, too, essentially. But they poured their lives into it, and they've sacrificed pieces of themselves, literally, for it. And I think what you said, there has to be a caveat of... It's like an asterisk on the things that we do. Like, we do not support Activision Blizzard. We do not support Ubisoft and the mishandling of literally everything going on right now. But the people responsible for the things that we love and enjoy deserve to be recognized for everything that they have accomplished working under the circumstances that they have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, cause uh, listen, I do not like Greg Miller anymore. Um, I, I think that the way that everything was handled between, uh, him kind of funny and Colin Moriarty, uh, is something that still really very much rubs me the wrong way. But, when he won his trending gamer uh, award and he got up and gave that speech about how he was going through the credits and he noticed, uh, I, I don't remember what her position was, but it was for Tomb Raider and he called her out on stage. And it was one of those things where this particular person never gets the credit. Like this particular person gets outshined by Neil Druckmann or fucking, uh, uh, J- Jesse McCree, just to, you know, throw that name back out there again. And I think that there are a lot of people who do get completely overshadowed by these heads of the company that don't necessarily fucking like do, I, I don't want to say don't do anything, but like th- they're just the names, you know what I mean? And I, I think that, we need to 
make sure that the people who did put, you know, hundreds of hours of their lives into this project get recognized for the quality work that they did. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I plan to cover everything going forward. And, you know, if you, if you disagree, you know, uh, I understand why, uh, but that's the best way that I know how to do yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, on top of that, there were some other weird stories that I just wanted to bring up, uh, that I thought were kind of like, yo, what the fuck? Uh, 38 studios was the studios behind kingdoms of Amalur reckoning. Uh, this was a game that got, it just got re-released actually, uh, a remaster of it. Um, I think last year, but the original game came out in 2011. Uh, and it was weird how everything went down. Like some of the employees actually didn't know that their studio was going under until their significant others went to the hospital and tried to use their insurance and their insurance was declined. <laughs> so, so that was fun. Um, but, uh, they've been having some really weird litigation going on. And now nine years after the studio was shut down, employees are starting to receive paychecks from, you know, their final paychecks or whatever, except it's only part of their final paychecks. They're only receiving like 25 to 40%. Uh, I think this is just fucking garbage. And, um, I think that this is another thing that needs to be fucking rectified. And, I just wanted to bring it up because it was shitty. So. Yeah. Um, another thing. MLK and Fortnite. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I no. genuinely don't know. My my first note in here is just what the fuck because I can't. I can't I believe mean, that actually fucking <laughs> Why? I don't mean to laugh. It's not game. funny. But like emote thing aside, he's I you can't even say it any other way. You're just going to be shooting Martin Luther King all day. What yeah. the fuck is that? Uh, well, I, I think it's That's I don't not, think he's like a playable character or anything like that. I I don't oh, think not? So. I think that they have like murals of him up. Yeah. Well, even that can be fucking disrespected. Yeah. Terribly. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like and I, I get like, look, that was, was so a stupid. You had maybe, I would hope, good meaning behind what you were doing, but there, we gamers are shitty people. Yeah, like they they uh, they like recreated. Uh, oh god, this is. Well, at least he's not a playable character. That that's better. What's the what's the landmark that has uh fucking Lincoln sit, sitting? What is uh, that? The what's Washington the name of that monument? Yeah, that thing. Uh, they, they like recreated that in Fortnite and they had like this big mural of, of Martin Luther King, uh, like on it. Uh, and that seems to be like the whole thing uh, behind it. It was like some kind of tribute. Uh, it looks like they plastered him like all over the fucking map too. It wasn't just in that one spot. Okay. Um, but they, yeah, they, they really fucked up. There. Yeah. They dropped that. Be the Lincoln hard. Memorial. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that. I'm. Washington Monuments, the giant tower. Oh, yeah, water. you're right. Uh, I don't know what the fuck the... Lincoln Memorial. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is just okay. called Lincoln Memorial. You're right. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, 
and the last thing I wanted to bring up uh, is in response uh, to what I like to call entitled fucking gamers. Um, so Boyfriend Dungeon did just come out. Uh, and like I said, it is coming to Switch. But um, so it just came out and the game opens up with a content warning saying that, you know, there is going to be some dark themes in the story and, and shit that you might not want to experience. So just be aware that it's there. Well, the content warning wasn't specific enough, uh, which I think is fine. Uh, so the studio addressed with a new content warning. They updated the game. Um, but I saw on Twitter and I saw an article about this where some people were saying that the content should be completely optional and that the developers need to take it out of the game um, or make the game where you don't have to experience that to which I say that's fucking bullshit. The game is not yours. End of fucking story. You do not. Yeah, like, I, I, I do not understand the idea that you get to tell the developers how their game should be made. I'm sorry, but I think that's fucking ridiculous. If the developers wanted to handle some of these darker themes, uh, I, th I think it has to deal with like some stuff like gaslighting and, and cheating. And like, there's some other stuff in there, but like, yeah, if they want to tell that story, let them fucking tell that story. I'm sorry. Art, like I said, with Candyman reflects real life. So we should be able yeah. to tackle these sorts of themes in a fucking video game. It shouldn't be optional. It's their game. It is not your game. If you want that stuff to be optional, then you go make a fucking game where that stuff is optional. Yeah. See, like, I see where they're, like, I can, I can see where they're coming from, but, like, at the end of the day, like, I, uh, I'm, I'm of the opinion that art, someone's art shouldn't be censored. You know what I mean? Like, <sighs> what they made should be able to be experienced to the fullest extent of what they wanted it to be just because it's something that you don't like, or might make you uncomfortable or, you know, might, you know, quote unquote, trigger you in, in some sense, then it's kind of your responsibility to steer away from that. It is not their responsibility as developers to cater to you that no, that's not how that works. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. That's kind of dumb. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring it up because it, as someone who is a, uh, a creative type who is a frustrated, mm. uh, wannabe filmmaker. Um, I saw this and I said, I would be actually goddamned if someone yeah. were to fucking tell me that I had to take shit out of my movie. So, like, what, what is it that, like, people want removed? Uh, I don't remember. Let me see. Um, boyfriend Dungeon Controversy. That's literally word for word what I'm also typing up. Um. <laughs> Victims, especially those with PTSD, can suffer emotional harms, like rumination spells when they encounter triggers. Some argue that Boyfriend Dungeon 
uses misleading promotional materials and unspecific content warnings that could be harmful to victims struggling to recover from related trauma. Yeah, so... this right here says the game story involves exposure to unwanted advances, stalking, and other forms of emotional manipulation. Mm. Mm. So. Okay. Again, like, this is dark shit, and maybe not everyone wants to play it. But my my thing is, not every game is for everyone. Yeah, for sure. So, like, if you don't want to play it, and you see this, or if you don't want to play it because of those things, then don't play the game. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do. I do understand the need. Like, this is something that I, I feel like I, I don't want to say a backtrack on, but like, it's something that like I have in the back of my mind from time to time. I want games to be accessible. I want everyone to be able to enjoy games, but like, I, I genuinely do not believe that every game is for everyone and that every game does need to be for everyone. I think that like video games are art. So the artist should be able to make their vision. And I don't think that it is. I, I don't think that we have a right to tell them what they can and cannot make, mm-hmm. but I don't know. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> so uh, did you guys have any other stuff that you wanted to bring up? Um, you didn't write anything down, so I didn't want to. I personally no, don't know. We it was all the Gamescom stuff, and then just the Activision bullshit, Ubisoft okay. bullshit. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, well, with that all said, um, I haven't played anything that I really want to talk about in depth just yet. Uh, I told you guys this earlier. I have been really good about putting stuff on the list once I have either beaten it or I have had my fill of it, like I did with 12 Minutes last week. Um, Speaking of which, I'll touch on that again real quick. Fuck this game. I just... (laughs) I'm glad that it's on Game Pass and I didn't fucking waste money on it. Fuck this game. Oh my god. Like, this... I, I am telling you guys right now, when we get to our Game of the Year conversation and we're cutting shit, this is... If I get to go first, this will be the first game I am cutting. Oh, God. I, I, Damn. I can't. I fucking can't. Uh, but anyway, you guys have been playing games. What, which game was it? 12 Minutes. Said? So in our Game of the Year discussion, isn't it us that brings the games to the table that we want to put on there? Uh, well... Well, I think last year we we literally just made a list of everything that we'd all collectively played that came yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And then and then we cut it down to uh, the number one. Game. Yeah, we cut out all, like I had Marvel. We could Avengers save ourselves a headache. That if wasn't we just bring our like our top five. Yeah, but it's less <laughs> fun that way. Yeah, but it's, yeah, you can't. That's not. Well, I mean, yeah, but no then we waste time while saying that twelve episode. minutes is at the bottom of the list. We already fucking knew it was going to be at the bottom of the list because he didn't like the goddamn game that he played. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll switch it up this year. Uh, we'll see. Um, Probably not. I kind of enjoyed last year. I, I like arguing with you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, none of us is going to argue that it's the worst game of okay. the year. <laughs> All right. No, we'll just argue for that top five spot. Yeah, that's where we'll argue. We gonna... yeah. That's fine. It's going to be Ratchet and Clank. Um, so you guys have been playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a couple. <laughs> Just a few. So, truly, uh, go ahead and tell me. Uh, but both of you have been playing Destiny Two quite a lot recently. So, 
Austin, you you jumped in this week. Tell me tell you tell me your thoughts on it. Yeah, um, yeah, I I dived back into it. Um, I haven't paid for anything yet. Uh, I I kind of want to see how far because like, uh, by all definition, Destiny Two was a li- is a live service game, correct? Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. Um, I kind of want to see how far the game lets me get before I feel like it's forcing me to pay for something. Um, I'm definitely going to buy the expansions and, you know, Beyond Light whenever I feel like I want to drop the money on it. But I don't know. This is one of those situations where I want to see how far I can get before I feel forced to do so. Um, but I am enjoying my time here. Um, I, I'm i kind of confused, I guess. Uh, I... I I played Destiny 2 at launch uh, before any of the expansions came out. I beat, you know, the main campaign or whatever, and then I just never fucking touched it again. Um, And I did not get to experience any of that here. Um, And I don't really know why that is, because I played through it on Xbox. And so now I'm playing it, you know, again on PS5. And I don't know, maybe Dylan can answer this, but like, what's up with just not letting me do any of that original campaign? Uh, I can answer that if you don't know, Dylan. Yeah, um, so what they did in order to cut down on file size uh, for the game, because the game was getting fucking gigantic. I think it was over. Oh, yeah, it, it was over like 150 gigs at one point. Um, mm-hmm. But what they what they ended up doing was in order to make um the file size go down and you not have to like delete tons and tons of shit off your hard drive in order to just be able to play destiny. They started taking some of that content away. So Mm. the game or like the, the maps and like uh, missions and shit like that associated with those maps um, got pulled from the game. So that made the file size. I don't know how I feel about uh, it. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from because I also didn't know how to feel about that. But at the same time, if it means that I don't have to delete like fucking 20 games just to play one destiny, I kind of don't mind. That's true. Personally. I'm, and like I said, I'm, I am absolutely, I mean, I played for fucking four hours of that shit today. I am absolutely enjoying where I'm at so far. I just, I don't know. It would have been cool to, because I, I actually don't think I even finished the game. I think I was on the final mission of the original campaign, and I, I didn't I didn't get to finish it. So I mean, it would have been kind of cool. Uh, plus, I, I think the opening of of Destiny Two uh, back when it launched was really fucking cool. And uh, I don't know, I kind of miss not being able to do that here. So that kind of sucks. But I don't know. I'm gonna keep playing. Like I said, I'll keep playing until I feel forced, and then eventually buy all the cool shit. But it's good. Very good. You generally won't be forced. Like you are missing a lot by not having Beyond Light. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole new subclass that you could have. So, um, go ahead. So, like, did they remove any of the expansions, or did they just remove like no. the original campaign? Yeah, because Shadowkeep and Forsaken are still there. Okay, dated. Um, okay, but you can go back and play them. Uh, Beyond Light, you can still play that. That's very much still an active thing. Um, and I do recommend doing that before Witch Queen comes out, but which will be um, February, like right? even yes, okay, I think it's cool. the twenty second. I think, um, but it's it's very much worth it just to to play Beyond Light because it was a great time, has a great story to it, and everything like that. But even if you boot up Destiny Two and you start a new character, like you're outright told, like 
entire planets and moons have disappeared and we're not sure why. Yeah, yeah. They did like narratively they, explain it away, which is cool. Yes. Oh, okay. So, That's which cool. Is, it, it is pretty great that they're not just glossing over it like Venus and the, you know, the moon and not necessarily the moon, but, um, uh, Mars and all that shit don't exist. Like they're not just mm-hmm. pretending that never happened. They, they have touched on it a little, but okay. it's, it's, That's it's pretty great. Cool. It's, it is. And it's a great game. Like you're in a good place right now. Cause you started at the beginning of the season. There's 180 days in this season. I don't know what it's down to now, but it's leading up to the witch queen. Mm. Um, I highly recommend you jumping into the helm, which is above the uh, the tower, yeah. and just doing all the wayfinder stuff that you can, leveling up your artifact of the season, stuff like that. That'll get you on the right track, but cool. there's a lot to do, and you do not absolutely have to have the DLC. It just helps. Um, I will, again, say Stasis, the subclass you get with Beyond Light. It's our first look at being able to use darkness, mm. and it's a lot of fun. That's pretty fucking um, cool. It is, and it's all ice-based abilities. That's, That's really cool. sick. What yeah. um, so do you play, Hunter, Warlock, or Titan? Oh, dude, Warlock. Okay, I Warlock is the same Warlock. for me. So the stasis subclass for that, like your ultimate, is essentially you whip out an ice staff and you're flying around and you're literally freezing things, and then you melee, and your melee sends out a shockwave and it shatters everything that you froze. That's super cool. Yeah, it's really sick. Um, it's annoying as fuck in the Crucible, the PvP, mm-hmm. but it's it's good, man. Uh, my my heavily focused thing is just doing a lot of bounties, doing a lot of strikes, and then the Nightfall strikes. Um, the new, I forget what it's called. It's Astral something with the season that just came. Astral Alignment, perhaps. But it's essentially like a six-player fire team, and you guys are... It almost feels like a raid. It's so chaotic. Oh, yeah. But it's a lot of fun. There's a, there's a lot that you can delve into, and it's not that you're not missing anything by not having Forsaken and Shadowkeep, but those... I mean, you would get to catch up at where we're at, you know, the death of Cade 6. Yeah, for sure. Who killed him, why the person who killed him is now back fighting on our side. Um, it's a little weird. Um, but yeah, man. And Gambit is a lot of fun too. If you haven't played any of Gambit yet. Oh yeah. I, I did a strike today and it was awful because, uh, the teammates I got matched up with were just not doing a goddamn thing, dude. Oh my God. Yeah. It sucks when you have people that don't know the mechanics. Dude, I, I was the only one putting fucking any, any shots whatsoever in the boss at the fucking end. And then I kept dying, and they just wouldn't revive me. They would literally just walk past me. One guy literally stood right next to me and chose not to revive me. And I was like, I fucking hate this. This is awful. That's rough. You guys yeah, suck. That does suck. But uh, I have a lot of off time this week. So if you want to play Destiny 2 this week, please hit me up, because I, I will play it with you. Yeah, because strikes are a lot of fun with other people oh, like yeah. that you can actually communicate with. Nightfall is my biggest thing because it's a lot harder, but the loot is better. Mm, cool. Um, and just focus on getting your light level up because that's really that's the, that's the thing that matters the most right now. I'm still doing that. Um, it's a it's a chore for me. I have a buddy from work that's like, I don't know what your problem is because I leveled up my uh, X character from 1200 to 1330 in like four or five hours. It's like, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> I sure as hell can. I've been doing this. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Literally, I've been busting my ass on this game. But it is a lot of fun. There's always something to do. So I'm glad you're having a good time with it. And I'm I'm down to run some strikes and gambit matches and stuff like that. Hell yeah. I'm super down. Cool. Uh, Well, Austin, 
how much more of Persona Four Golden did you play? Is it something that you um, put so, significant time into? Oh yeah, I've put significant time since the last time I talked about it. Um, I am at, I think I think I'm starting uh, Naoto's uh, arc. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, so. I really fucking adore this game, probably just as much as five at this point. Um, I the the only thing I felt is weaker, really, than Persona Five are the confidants that are not team members. Um, aside from Nanako, I'm having a really hard time even caring about some of these extra characters. Um, Marie has been fantastic. I I don't know what it was about her social link. I knew I had to do it because she was like. The added character for Golden, she adds a you know extra dungeon to the game if you complete her social link or whatever. So I was gonna complete hers regardless, but I really fucking ended up falling in love with Marie's character. Um, I'm really excited to get to that dungeon at the end of the game. Um, the only issue I really have with this game so far are the outdated gay jokes. They are too much. They are way too often and way too much. Um, and it's it's mostly always just just Yosuke and Kanji. Um, I've been told by other people who play Persona Four that that's just kind of part of Kanji's character arc that does wrap up by the end of the game. So I'm I'm hoping that's the case, but I don't know, dude. It just the whole like Yosuke suspecting Kanji likes guys and not wanting Kanji to sleep in their tent when they're on the school camp trip, like because he might like guys, like that just. I don't know, man. That was very like, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know. This game came out in two thousand eight, and it's a Japanese title, and especially Japan in two thousand eight wasn't super hip on the whole LGBT thing. And so th- there's uh, a lot of Japanese media from that time, or from you know the early two thousands to mid two thousands that that does make a lot of gay jokes and a lot of you know gay slander. And I understand, but like I I don't know. I just it rubs me the wrong way. And I can't really say why. It just feels very forced and out of place. Um, but everything else about the game has been fucking fantastic. I especially... Uh, I like how the dungeons actually have some kind of personality to them. That's kind of my biggest flaw with Persona 3 is Tartarus feels the same. No matter how deep you go in Tartarus, it feels exactly the same where all of these dungeons are so fucking, like, vividly different from each other. Um, I can't remember the character's name, but the the last dungeon that I did was, like, the, like, almost, like, the retro video game-style dungeon, and I think that one was really fucking cool. I think that's probably my favorite one I've been in so far. Um, but I'm, I, I enjoy it. I, I really fucking adore this game, but, uh... I don't think it's going to knock Persona 5 off of its throne, but that might that might just be biased because I did play Persona 5 first. But uh, I'm excited. I'll say this to, from what I can... to see this wrap up. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm good. I'm done. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, it has been my experience that the Persona that you play first usually tends to be your favorite. Yeah, that's kind of what I've noticed. Um, I don't think that's the case with me because uh, I played three first, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, th- good game. Good good games. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, fucking 
Dylan, if you ever wanted to dive into a Persona game, this one goes on sale pretty much once a week at Steam on this point. I feel like I get I'm a notification. To notification. That's fair. You should. I'm very excited for you to eventually get to that game and hear your thoughts on it. I feel like I need to watch anime and hentai leading up to me playing that. So, <laughs> uh, like, I, you know, I've kind of eased my way into it. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to say that. I don't want that recorded. So I just need an excuse to watch hentai. That's fair. Do I need an excuse? Uh, There's a lot of cool ones. You just got to look around through all the weird shit. Go ahead and just tell me about Ghost of Tsushima. (laughs) (laughs) So. (laughs) Hentai anymore. This is Uh, not the uh, hunting hentai. (laughs) With that kind of name, it should be. Fuck! I love. I mean, it's pretty catchy. It's pretty catchy. (laughs) That might need to be the name of your anime podcast. I love that wholeheartedly. Oh, great! Um, Oh my god, Ghost of Tsushima. What about hunting tentacles? God, I am. (laughs) Yep. On this very. All right. (laughs) You said it, man. Not us. You did it, dude. It was pretty great. Um, so Ghost of Tsushima, I am a late bloomer. I did not get a chance to play this upon its release. Same. <sighs> what the fuck are you talking but about, I'm glad. Austin? You voted for it in Game it of the release. Year. Oh, I- yeah, I played it all the way in like December for like three hours. Oh my god. I have also been playing that, but I saw Dylan put it, and I didn't want to put too much of the same stuff. You're fucking killing me. All right, go ahead, Dylan. Sorry. Okay, so I'm a late bloomer because I didn't have a chance like Austin to play it last year. Um, and then when it when, when it came out that it was going to have a director's cut, it just coincided perfectly with me getting a PS5. So this was something I was super excited for. Um, and then it came out. But unfortunately, when the director's cut came out, this was in like peak destiny addiction. So I played it for a few hours and then I didn't really find my groove with it so i went back to destiny and i just funneled all of my time into that but uh more recently i started going back to it and every time that i went back to it it was harder and harder to put down Um, the game is one of the most detailed and diverse games in terms of landscape and just the world itself i posted something about it on instagram today it literally takes the black and white samurai movies that I grew up with and let it kind of put me at the helm of my own adventure and threw me into that world. And it's something that is just almost intoxicating. I just love sitting back and looking at everything. And even Sabrina, she'll be sitting there too. And we just kind of stare off into the distance and we take note of all the details. It's truly a wonderful experience. Um, This game does a lot right that just flows naturally. I really like that the HUD is really not there ever. It it helps with immersion and it like it'll pop up if you collect something um, like bamboo or whatever. But really, there's no sign of your HUD ever unless you're in combat. And that's something that's great. And something that kind of bounces off that is the wayfinding in the game. You know, normally there's a compass in an open world game and it kind of directs you where to go, um, a mini map, whatever games have. This one does not. Instead, you get to utilize the PlayStation 5's touch uh, pad and you can swipe up. And instead of being pointed 
into a direction by a ping on the map or on your screen. Instead, it's the wind and the wind is blowing and guiding you to where to go. And that is such a clever and unique way Mm -hmm. to let you experience more of the world without distracting you with a shiny blip on your screen. This, it kind of keeps you there. And Sabrina picked up on it because I didn't tell her that's what I was doing, but she saw the wind and how it specifically like was almost, it took my hand and led me somewhere. She's like, is that what leads you through the game? And I said, yes, that's, it's just remarkable. And even she commented on how amazing that was. And truly it just, it, it helps keep you inside of the game. I'm a, I'm a person who really likes to be immersed in what they're playing, especially the high fantasy titles that I'm in, but this is not high fantasy at all. This is a very real thing a very real time period and just stuff like that with the wayfinding being so just it's an integral part of the game that feels just natural and that was such a breath of fresh air um but even as i'm running across these landscapes and i'm chasing the wind something that i noticed just the level like the attention to detail sometimes truly blows my mind like i was like i can't even name another game but if i'm running through a forest and another game it's like i'm running on a flat surface footsteps pitter patter whatever when i'm running through tsushima and i'm running through a forest that just has like something like leaves in it the leaves are literally rustling up from behind every step that i take and they're floating down and just you know recollecting back on the ground but just stuff like that that's a level of detail that i've waited for and it it just makes it even more beautiful the adventure all the more wild like stumbling upon that for the first time i was like a child because it 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 was almost like a child getting to experience fall leaves for the first time and picking them up and watching them you know cascade back to the ground or whatever covering yourself and i'm like it it gave me giddy vibes just to be able to see that i was running around in circles I, i can't believe it it was beautiful it was such a great thing to see um but beyond that, that's enough talk about the world itself. It's the combat. I love this combat so, so Isn't much. Great, dude? Um, it's I. It's very. Good. I, I can't say how great it is. I. It's. I told you earlier in the podcast. I don't like Sekiro that much. I felt Sekiro was yes, it's a FromSoft game. It's going to be very unforgiving. But I, I really didn't care for the combat. It felt not necessarily unattainable but it i had to try way too hard um to do it whereas ghost of tsushima it's fun and it is challenging but the practice that it took to become efficient at the combat in this game was more manageable and it felt natural about about a progression like to start i was taking on one to two enemies but now i can walk into a base and i'll take on 20 at a time And that's because it's so easy to maneuver and dodge and roll and parry. The parry and the parry system in this game is so much fun that I can do a simple parry or I can do the last minute perfect parry and set them up for a killing blow. It's I I can't say enough. I feel like this is perfect combat and I'm early game. I think I'm eight hours, if not a little more into the game now. And I'm purposely going out of my way to just find these big scale battles that I can test myself in and I can get better. And the more that I level up and I get these technique points that I can branch out into a myriad 
of just just skill change what sorry chains or abilities it's numerous and i keep finding new ways to enhance combat and then the more leaders you kill or observe you unlock different stances and now these stances are opening up more opportunities for you to be able to engage with enemies on a more efficient level like the one i think it's the water stance that lets you take on um, shielded enemies a lot better which really helps that you're not just dodging the whole time now you can set up for a parry and hit these heavy attacks you can you know get straight through their shields and you can follow up with killing blows and now i just unlocked the wind stance and i can take on the enemies with spears a lot more efficiently and even in doing those and unlocking these stances now i have subcategories below those different abilities i can unlock for that stance itself and it just it goes and it goes and it goes but it does not feel like it's too much it feels like it's the perfect setup for me to take my own time and learn the game uh, at my own pace. And it's beautiful. I feel like I have enough time between level ups to really master the mechanics that I'm currently working with and then move on to another one. Um, I don't think I know another game that feels as good in combat as this one does. It, it surpasses everything that I've played up until this point, whether it be something like The Witcher or whether it be something like Dark Souls or Sekiro, this just feels perfect. Um, and I cannot wait to see how by the end game it evolves even more. Um, and along that path to the end game so far, the characters and the story of the game are very captivating. I didn't really know how I was going to feel about it at first, but from the get-go, just watching the Mongol evasion um or evasion invasion to uh you know having his uncle captured and then seeing the flashbacks that really really tie into the story and help you see some of the struggles that you're having like about with honor in particular about now you've always been taught this code but in order to save the person that you care most for who you have a duty to save you're gonna have to bend the code a little bit and now you're sneaking into the darkness and you're being stealthy and you are assassinating and you're striking from the shadows and that doesn't necessarily follow the code that you were taught and being able to see these in flashbacks and kind of relate to the main character um it really does a great job of driving the story forward yeah. and meeting characters that kind of convince you that in order to do what you know you have to do you're going to have to take on a whole new mindset and from start to finish, man, I have had such a great time with it and I just want to funnel more and more time every day into it. And I can't wait to talk about it again in a week just to see how far I've come. Heck yeah, dude. <clears throat> uh, I mean, I think there's a reason that it was, uh, our game of the year. Um, cause, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Austin and Dylan both fucked me with Hades. Um, but, <laughs> but no, it, Ghost of Tsushima is a fucking wonderful game, and I really want to play the Iki Island expansion, but I am terrified that I'm going to go into it, and I am not going to remember how to do anything. <laughs> so... Yeah, and I can told like I can see that too. If there's a gap in time periods that you've played and you've played a lot of other games on top of it, going back and having to remaster these mechanics would probably be a little intimidating. Yeah. Um. Yeah, good game. Real good game. But uh, with that all said, uh, let's get to our picks of the week and get out of here. Um, 
my pick of the week is a song from a band called Ginger Root. The song is called Loretta. Um, I was actually browsing around on YouTube the other day, and I never really use YouTube for music like ever. But for whatever reason, this song popped up in my feed as like a recommended video. And I was like, okay, I don't really watch music videos or anything like that. So I wonder what the fuck this is about. And um, so I checked it out and it is very, very good. It's like uh, old school soul and funk. And um, it is just a actual pleasure. The groove on it is fucking awesome. Uh, and the song ends with like this really fantastic uh, saxophone solo. Um, very good stuff. I highly recommend. Hell yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> my pick of the week is an artist called Lilia in the Sleeping Forest. I assume that's how that's pronounced. Uh, this is another one of those artists that uh, she pretty much just does like uh, covers of like English covers of anime intros. She does songs from video games like uh, some of the more popular ones she's done are like uh, uh, she did the uh, uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate theme song. Uh, a couple songs from Devil May Cry 5, and she has an entire album of Persona 5, and it's great. Uh, I normally think things like this are, like, super fucking cringy, um, but they they are, tend to usually be a couple of artists that stand out that not only just do covers of some of these songs, but genuinely make them into something entirely different, but still fucking awesome. So uh, she's really good. Uh, check it out. It's interesting. Cool. Bring us home, Dylan. Uh, so I'm a late bloomer. I <laughs> I had no idea who Greta Van Fleet was until earlier this year. And then I started to slowly listen to them a little more. And I found out that I fucking love them because this captures uh, classic rock in a modern setting. Yeah, and really I feel cool. like they're fantastic, man. I feel like I'm li- listening to Rush almost. It's just a new style of Rush almost. And it's just... A, Absolutely amazing, dude. So um, off their newest album that came out this year is a song called Heat Above, and I highly recommend it. It would it just it captures everything in this one song that I love about who they are. And it feels like I'm listening to something from the 70s, but it sounds great because it's from today. So check them out. They're very unique. I feel like they've done something that has reinvigorated rock again. And that's always a good thing. So check them out. It's a great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'll have to check that out. Uh, I was a very big fan of their EP. Um, and then I listened to the album that they released, uh, was it like two years ago, I think. And I fucking hated it. I thought it was trash. Um, so I'll have to, I'll have to listen to this and, and see how I feel about it. Um, but yeah, all right. As always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bop, Hunting Picks, and the Culture Bop family of content. Culture Bop is available on Twitter at Culture underscore Bop, on Instagram at Culture underscore Bop, on Facebook at the Culture Bop, and on YouTube if you just search Culture Bop. Hunting Pixels is available on Twitter at Pixels Hunting and on Instagram at Hunting underscore Pixels CB. 
Uh, I am available on Twitter at the Bebopman182, on Instagram at Bebopman182, and on Twitch at the underscore Bebopman. Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on the YouTubes at OMDizzy. And finally, Austin is available on Twitter at Big Papa Please, on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore, uh, or at Big Papa Plays. He's on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and he's on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. Um, and of course, if you're looking to support the podcast or any of the endeavors we're undertaking as Culture Pop, then go over to Patreon. Oh my fuck. You know what? I was like, I've got comments pulled up. Uh, let's read them. And then we never did. <laughs> so, um, Oh no. We'll run through those real quick. This is one of the perks that you will get, uh, if you subscribe at the $2 tier or above, as well as a couple of <laughs> others, uh, real cool stuff. We got going over on over there. Go to, um, uh, patreon.com slash culture pop and toss a ple- toss us a pledge. And you can get your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, uh, or ideas right on the air. Um, and those include stuff like Science Huss's uh, comment about a no-show from Blue Box at Gamescom. Uh, I actually went on a mild rant there uh, in our Discord a little bit earlier about how I thought that um, they're really fucking up with some of their shit. Um, yeah, I saw all your little notes or not notes, but their notes from the show. That was pretty fucking so, awful. Uh, but he said that, uh, in my opinion, that's the nail in the coffin for a small indie developer. Uh, and I agree. Um, originally you had put uh, horizon zero dawn on the thing, uh, Dylan and, um, yeah. Cyan actually had a comment about that, uh, that, I don't want to get into because it might spoil something for you, but to answer your question, um, I think I would have left them. Uh, I don't like how <laughs> that sounded. Well, you'll, you'll see, uh, when you, when you get to it, um, yeah. Justin had asked, uh, whether or not we would talk about the switch Indies or no more heroes. We talked about the switch Indies, um, Oh, yeah, he's been bumping No More Heroes yeah, 3. He said he's yeah. loving it. I haven't played No More Heroes since uh, the PS2, I believe. So that would be a no on that. Um, yeah. Or actually, no, it was the GameCube was the first one, wasn't it? The first No More Heroes. Was it? No, it was the Wii. Was it the was Wii? The Wii? It was the Wii. It was indeed the Wii. Oh, shit. Okay. 90% sure. Because you had to like slap your little nunchuck around to do the thing, right? Okay. Yeah. I think it was the Wii. I just uh, did not mm, remember. Yes, it was the You're Wii. You're old, Josh. It's okay, man. 2000. My brain does not work anymore. God damn, that game is old. Holy shit. I didn't know it was that old. No, you don't have to say it like that. Look. <laughs> not my fault. God Phil, damn, old, that game Dylan. is old. It it is in this moment. Well, yeah, this moment. But your everyday feeling? No, that's not me. I'm going to project it onto you. Okay, that's fine. That's what most people yeah. do. Uh, and then finally, our good friend Jeffrey. Uh, he had a couple 
fucking great things going on. He said thoughts on food puns, eggs versus brat, whatever was better. I think, I mean, I think we all won. <sighs> He's been going on weird Photoshop rants about brats and eggs and yeah, f- just uh, man likes his protein, dude. Let him have it. Honestly. He's been Je- Jeffrey's a, a really great guy. Um, Jeffrey is man. Great. I love watching him in the Discord. I also follow him on Instagram now. Um, that I found him. Didn't know he had as many followers as he does. And oh, I'm not sure that's why. A, I don't think he's that funny. That's a fun story. Um, I actually told Kayla about. <laughs> so apparently he was playing Fortnite um, one night and was in the party of a famous rapper. And the famous rapper shouted him out and got his Instagram bump. Oh, shit. <laughs> what the actual fuck was that? Like Travis Scott uh, or someone? Probably. That seems like the kind of rapper that would play. I don't Fortnite. remember who it was, but that is the, he, it, it was someone like that. Yeah, I need this story now. That's so pretty Jeffrey, cool. If you're listening to this, I'm going to ask him in Discord. Uh, right I'm actually going to get Jeffrey on uh, a special episode, um, and we're going to talk about ARGs because he listened to that episode and was really, uh, really into that uh, topic because he actually uh, plays ARGs. So. Um, I'm going to I'm going to make that happen and we're going to talk all about that and what all that entails. Um Oh yeah. But yeah, he he has some stories, man. He has led a very interesting life and he currently works for Oculus, which is fucking cool. Oh, that's cool. My uh oh, well, no, not anymore. Never mind. I don't know where I was going with that. My my best friend used to work for Oculus and they recently just let him go. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. He works for Google now, so it's kind of like a step up. Uh, ish. Maybe. <laughs> kind of. Um, kind of. Oh, he, he had also said, if forced to choose, would you rather watch Street Fighter the movie or Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Uh, my quick answer to that is definitely Mortal Kombat Annihilation, because I think agreed. that movie's actually kind of fun. It's dumb as fuck, but yeah, I yeah, actually kind of agreed. Like yep. Shit was awesome. Um, yeah that's it for the comments uh and again if you want to get your comments or questions or thoughts or ideas read on the air you can go over to patreon.com slash culture pop uh and subscribe at the two dollar level and uh that's how you do that all right boys it's fucking late this was uh i'm ignoring the cries of my children to do this so please pay me Yeah, this was a this was a long one. This was a long boy. It was. Um, so somehow, yeah, it, we didn't have nearly as many games to talk about, and somehow wound up with a two and a half hour show. It's us. I'm not ever surprised. No, it's a three hour show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, holy shit! Three hours. Okay. Well, we'll take Damn. like ten minutes off because of the intro. But all right, cool. Well, we're getting out of here. We will see you all next week. And until then, goodbye.